Hello there. Hello. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Doing okay. Good, good. Doing okay. It's a crazy old world, isn't it? But uh, it, it is a crazy good. old world. I was I was late too, so I was I was glad when I saw your your message. So we decided to do a little uh, drive through Stanley Park. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really it was really beautiful. The air was great, and infinite uh, adorable dogs. So yeah, uh, it was that's all, good. Uh, good all the way around. Driving through Stanley Park, throwing coins at the peasants. Yeah, always always enjoyable. Yeah, well, you're not going to use coins anymore, so why not? <laughs> get, rid, get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> Have some pennies, you. I know. I feel sorry. Like I, you can't give change to people now. It's like I don't. I don't have I, money. It's not a thing. It's not. <laughs> there's no money anymore. I don't know what. To, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, ugh, feel bad. But yeah, I don't know the last time I like took out a twenty dollar bill. I can't. I couldn't tell you. It must be months. It's weird. Yeah, I paid someone. I gave someone twenties to pay for my those big chocolate bars I got. So, oh, okay. But those, yeah, you're right. Like those sat in my wallet from for months, literally for months. Yeah. I still have thirty dollars in my wallet, but I had sixty dollars sitting in my wallet for months. And I, yeah, usually I like to have a little bit of money in my wallet, but why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These days. Money, yeah, money isn't a thing. We've entered this the Star Trek universe. Money, we got rid of that ages ago, <laughs> along with war. No. Anyway, I've got to go off to war now. No Star Trek. Talking about what? Why are you going to war? Well, we've run out of money. Oh, great. That's right, and we've gotten rid of prejudice as well. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, you stupid fucking Vulcan, <laughs> you green-blooded sack of shit, get in here, you pointy-eared freak. Anyway, prejudice is the thing of the past. Thing of the past. Yep. Yeah. Except with doctors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yep. <laughs> First, do no tolerance. I'm also I'm thinking of how they got rid of bones on Star Trek Next Generation to bring in like the crabby British doctor because they wanted to have more conflict on the show. No. Anyway, they learned. Yeah. All the, yeah, they should just do a straight out medical show of Star Trek. Just, just that. And just, it's always them going, I don't know. It's made of antimatter. I don't know. What do I know? What do, what do I look like? I don't know. Yeah. Well, what was I supposed to study? Oh, everything? <laughs> it's a hologram. What am I supposed ah, Fine, give me a flashlight. I'll poke around. Yeah, figure it. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Hey, we should do a show. Eh. Overrated. And how. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby. And I'm David Dedrick. And we're recording this uh, in, uh, you know, crazy times. In fact, if you're listening <laughs> to this in the far future and you're going, I'm going to listen to all the episodes. I wonder when this was recorded. Uh, this is the one that was like, ah, that. Um, it's the, those times. Um, Dave and I are still apart. Uh, yeah. We were parted by, uh, you know, uh, COVID times, but we're uh, using technology to uh, bring this to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old technology. Uh, Cutting edge, eh, and then a couple of levels down from cutting edge is so we, where we are. That's how we do it. There's yeah. really efficient systems of doing this, and then there's Skype, and we're on Skype. Yeah, it's it's Skype. It's the thing, you know, your grandparents know about. <laughs> Skype. Here's what you say to grandma. And she goes, I don't want to use the phone. 
And then you go, it's free, Grandma. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's free. That sounds good. <laughs> Can you make a long-distance call? I don't know, Grandma. I don't know. Yes. Let's say yes. I don't know. Well, the, anyway. the problem for me is my my computer doesn't work. Like, I can't hear or I can't speak. I can hear, but I can't speak to people through the microphone on any other program except for Skype with my computer, and I have no idea why. Really? And the, yeah. pro- and the other problem is is that you only know that because you went to use it to talk to someone in another program other than Skype. Do you know what mm. I mean? So that's it's kind of like, when do you run out of propane for your barbecue? When you're barbecuing. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't happen at a convenient time when you're not barbecuing. It happens at an inconvenient time when you're using it. And it's the same with the microphone. So then you're like, well, you know, have you tried to like make it work? And you're like, well... Kind of, but you know, I guess I could like contact someone and say, "Hey, do you mind if I like bug you on Zoom for a while while I try and figure out my microphone?" (laughs) 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 You know what, Dave? I do mind. So yeah, it's just kind of it's just one of those things. You only know about it when it's when it's you need to use it. When we did the when we did that that uh, pages and panels show. Okay. You know, and I. I have a pretty Still good... Still available to be listened to if yeah. you want to listen to our episode. If you want to hear us. With Nina Matsumoto, we talked about uh, our Sparks yeah. book, Sparks and Sparks Double Dog Dare. If you want to hear a show where all of us were recorded separately onto individual tracks, and then no one bothered to to uh, do some sort of equalization of our voices, that's that's the show you want to hear. Anyway, um, so, you know, so we get onto the, the, the program the person's using for the show, and... I can hear you guys talking and I'm, you know, going like, hey, how, hello, hey, is it everyone, no, no one can hear me, oh, I'm fiddling around trying to make it work. And I have a pretty good setup here, you know, I've got a, a nice microphone that mm-hmm. runs into a mixer that goes into the computer, and it would have sounded great. Instead, I end up on a laptop with a headset talking <laughs> to someone, or on, the, you know, on, on my laptop, and I had to borrow Lisa's laptop, because my laptop is uh, not so great. So, uh, yeah, it's just like, it's it's no good. I got to figure it out, but... You know that involves other people too. Yeah, I uh, I use I use Discord sometimes, mm-hmm. and I use Zoom when we're doing uh, the Critical Hit show. Okay. And so that's upstairs where the computer's better and can take things. Uh, <laughs> I'm downstairs with the computer from the past. Yeah, yeah. And it understands Skype, and it's just like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" It's like, "I'm good, man. I'm good, man. What year is it?" It's like. 2010? Yeah, sure is, buddy. It's 2010. <laughs> That's the stuff. Okay, listen, we're going to do a thing now, a little podcast. What are those? Pretty new. Pretty new. Huh? Uh, Ricky Gervais still have his? Of course he does, buddy. Of course he does. He's the most popular man in the world. Most popular podcast in the world. Yeah. Because it's the only one. For, yeah, and uh, Never Not Funny. And then, yeah, there's probably some radio shows that are uploading their things on something. But, yeah. It's a pre-Joe Rogan verse. It's, uh, oh, really? It's yeah. it's BR. Oh, it's a beautiful time. It's a beautiful, beautiful yeah. time. I think Mark Maron was still just being snarky to people in person. <laughs> I don't count. I don't count radio shows that then upload in like as podcasts. I don't think that's fair. Okay, I think it's cheating. That would be but like. I, I, that, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, you please. I was going to say, that would be like, you know, people showing their home movies and this guy showing up with 2001, A Space Odyssey. Going like, yeah, I'm in this. But it's, <laughs> not, it's not a whole movie. Yeah, but I'm in it. It's fine. You know. Well, what are you? I'm the third monkey. <laughs> the oh, good third, for you. Okay, good. Well, the guy who throws the bone? No, but I hand the bone <laughs> to the guy who throws the bone. I'm the discoverer of the bone. Well, that's good news. You don't have to watch the whole movie. It's pretty early on. You can just, well, you're done now. We can turn it off. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, 
you know, there's a lot, you know, like when podcasts to me, and I know this is stupid because now there's they're big money and of course they're they're their own thing and everyone has uh, interns unpaid interns doing research and stuff for their podcasts not us though we pay our interns Mm -hmm. in 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 hugs (laughs) but because you know we got the covid it's uh, just air hugs yeah it's it's really it's not even there really are unpaid interns now you're right uh pay them in air hugs and air buds (laughs) basically oh because they did so many Air Bud sequels, yeah. there are a lot of spare dogs left over from previous movies that aren't as cute as they should be anymore. Oh. And so, yeah, I just give them one of the uh, Air Bud, like from Scary Buddies. Okay, this like is... The... I feel bad about this, but I made a big, big mistake because I thought you said AirPods. No, 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 no. So no, I've been Air... handing out like $300 head, no, 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 uh, headphones no, no, no. for that as well. can't oh. afford that, but the Air Bud oh, my dogs oh, my God. Uh, are, pretty, uh, are pretty good. All right. Are pretty good. Okay, folks. If any of you know about our Patreon... We wouldn't, you know, really appreciate if you'd step up because I've really gone into debt with this whole AirPod mix-up. Um, yeah, so what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I just I just feel like... But I still feel like just like having all the... All the... Um, what's the word? All 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 the support of a, of a radio show. Like all the, the engineers and the technicians and the producers and everything. That it's kind of cheating to what like the spirit of the podcast to me, which is like this sort of small, you know... But it, what's, what do I know? It's just changing, of course. So it's it's all we're we're the thing of the past now. Let's face it. Two guys talking to each other, not even in a room anymore. Is uh, it's, it's it's gone the way of the dodo. Now it's like fifteen people all on Zoom, and you're not sure where anyone is. And some of them have a good sound, and most of them don't. And they're discussing uh, politics. Mm. That's the new podcast. Yeah, that sounds about right. Until a murder starts. <laughs> Until a murder. Well, that's, they have a, to solve good, it. Yeah, a good political murder would be pretty great, <laughs> and especially great if a stand-up comedian is involved. Oh. And then you can re- uh, really get into a deep dive on you know what makes them tick as well. <laughs> stand-up comedians solving murders that are also politically based would be also really good. Do you, do you think in the new world of podcasts that we're entering... Okay. That stand-up comedians will also kind of go the go away because we don't need their we don't need their um we don't need them anymore. But well, you need a I think you need a live show. I think you need a live show. There's something to that. I was watching the Comedy Store uh, documentary series. Okay. On, uh, on it's not on HBO. It's on something else. I th- um, it's on it, it is on HBO. I think isn't it? Is it okay? Fair enough. HBO uh, Max bite, or whatever it's called now. Don't don't bite my head off. Uh, and then when you when you get to kind of the end of it, it's like we're now in modern day. Yeah. They get into how like Joe Rogan, uh, we're bringing him up again. Uh, maybe it'll help <laughs> with our algorithms. Yeah. Um, uh, how he, you know, uh, kind of made a big comeback as a as, as a podcaster and supported, you know, mentioned the comedy store so much that that's what brought the comedy store back was being mentioned so often on Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. And then they talked to the a bunch of the modern comedians. And they've all got a podcast. Like, they've <laughs> all got Yeah, yeah. It's all got, like, just a crazy name, usually based on their name. Yeah, and they interview yeah. each other. Yeah. And you can just see, it's like, oh, boy. Like, it's just endless snakes <laughs> eating their own tails. Like, it's a hydra just blowing another hydra. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. And the and the other hydra, of course, has multiple, uh, whatever, sexual organs. I don't say, I'm not going to say it's penises. Can it's I... got something sure, going sure. on down there. Hydra style. Sure, yeah, yeah. Hydra style. Yeah. So just uh, just By to way, clarify, oops, sorry, to sorry. Our, uh, listeners who are uh, you know listening. Anyway, go ahead. 
<laughs> so when they're when they're showing, like, how do you know they're doing podcasts? Like, do they have their name oh, they, and they, underneath they said, it? I do a podcast, oh. and then like the title of their podcast appears over them uh, and the logo yeah, yeah. of their podcast. So then they cut to seeing them doing their podcast, and oh. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, oh. Right. yeah, of course you do. It's so, just part of what you do uh, to publicize yourself as a comedian now is you have a podcast, yeah, and then you invite other comics on the podcast, and then you talk and you do your own thing. Actually, it kind of, speaking of, uh, hmm. sorry, oral sex, um, there was a thing that uh, bothered me on the last uh, episode where they had Joe Rogan there, and they had, like, all the comedians on the roof who were talking about, uh, you know, hey, things are uh, too sensitive nowadays, right? They're just too sensitive, and it's all that. It's that talk. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, like, no one there who's going, yeah, but, you know, sometimes, yeah, but there was none of that. It was just <laughs> everyone was on the same page sure, completely. Sure, sure of the hymn book all singing the same song. Um, but there was a clip of Joe Rogan that was going making the rounds where he's talking to another guy on the show who used to work at the, I think it was the comedy store, but it was some comedy club. Oh yeah. And he talked gross. about how, yeah. yeah. And how he talked about how uh, he would get like you know, female comics to give him oral sex. Uh, and then that's how they got, you know, their open mic uh, time and they're all laughing and laughing. And it was just like, geez it's like one of the most horrific <laughs> yeah, I know. it's just like well call I know. the police yeah like, call the police. what are we doing but joe rogan was there they're going and people got offended by that and you know i mean the thing is you know i know this never happened he never did this he wasn't even working there he didn't have that job uh, he's just you know he's just making up this story and i'm like well okay maybe maybe, maybe make that clearer then yeah, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but, you know, uh, they, okay, if it didn't happen, uh, then what you're doing, like, people don't know that, yeah. and people who are listening are going, hey, this is how things work, and it's fine, and Joe Rogan, who is someone who I guess you respect, because you're <laughs> listening to his podcast, yeah. and, you know, he's got success, he's laughing at it like, that's the biz, that's how it goes, and, you know, even if it didn't happen... Then, uh, then that's that's bad. But like his whole thing was like, and people were really offended because they didn't know that it wasn't real. And you know, it's crazy that they didn't know that it wasn't real because you know he didn't work there. Well, how would we know? That sounds absolutely <laughs> in line with the way everything works in this, uh, you know, Harvey yeah. Weinstein world. Yeah. What are you talking about, man? Like it was just, well, ugh, it's... it just made me grab my head and just shake it. <laughs> it's it's yucky, but it also it's not funny. Like, I mean, I guess, it, I guess if you're in the middle of a conversation and you're kind of rolling, you can, you can say some off-color things and it's funny, but it's not funny out of context necessarily, but. No, no, it's a braggy thing. You're sitting around. It's yeah. the equivalent of locker room talk. Yeah, yeah. With the guys just like, hey, you know what? I got the boob of the boost to do the boost to me before I dab the boob of the boobs. I'm like, yeah, that's Timmy. All right. Yeah. You give you go, Timmy. That's Timmy. Like, Okay. Maybe you're a bunch of assholes and you think that's a good conversation to have. But you're having it on the air in front of hundreds of thousands to millions of people. Like, good God, what? And then they cut to, like, someone like a Mark Maron who's undercuts it a bit. Yeah. You know, who's, you know, obviously has gotten some empathy over time. and You know, it's a little <laughs> different. And then they kind of thin it out a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely the, the, the flag everyone is, is waving. It's just, you know, if you got a problem with this, then you're the one who has a problem with this. And it's like, no one's taking away your freedom of speech, you jackholes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, jackholes or jackholes? Jackholes. Okay. Assholes and jackasses combined. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't know they'd been. Is this a scientific thing? Yeah, well, you know, it, because the jack, the, mm. the jackasses wanted to get some time on the comedy show, they had to have sex <laughs> with the asshole, and then occasionally someone didn't use protection. Oh dear! And uh, then you got a bunch of jackholes, and now those are the guys who. Are, yeah, yeah, I um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. But it's a tough one because it's one of those ones where, like, you know, at the core of things, you had someone like uh, Mitzi Shore who was running the comedy store. And everyone wants to be, you know, everyone's like got a story, but they don't want to tell the worst story. Yeah. You know, so no one's really telling the worst story because it's really a tribute, you know, to everything and a love letter. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's all these hints of, hey, yeah, she'd sleep with comics and do this and supply, get drugs to this and do that. And you, and you kind of want to go, right. And then how many comics died from drug over how many? And, you know, if it was like a, you can't be the owner of a club sleeping with the clients and then booking the, booking the you know, the comedians. That's just straight out of, you know, rule one. You can't do that, right? Uh, but it was all, you know, no, this is how it is. It's, uh, ah, ah, ah. Like, I know. It was, what, it, was, it was what you all went through when you were young. And so it's the best thing. Yeah. And so there's no, there's nothing wrong with it because it existed in a time where you were young and happy. And so it's, it, it's, it's got a, a golden sheen over it that can never be removed, <laughs> no matter any of the questions. You go, wait a minute, that wasn't right. But yeah, there you are. Hmm. It's weird. I met, I met Mark Maron a couple of times. Okay. And I didn't know uh, he was, uh, he was always a jerk. It was fine though, because he was a jerk in a way that like comics are jerks. Yeah, yeah. And then like on his radio show, most of the opening uh, seasons were about, ah oh, man, I was a jerk. <laughs> but, yeah, you were. <laughs> and all the uh, and any other comedian that he's talking to is going like, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just like you know him talking it through and you know and then to this point now he's you know he's still edgy, but he's uh, it's got a good sense of empathy as well, and it's a much mm-hmm. more interesting show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my feeling about jerks or that kind of, is, you know, they have their place. They have their place, I guess. But they get stuff done. Like you know, and well, and I'm, it, you know, like I don't mind like like in terms of comedians stuff like that. I don't mind like an angry comedian who's no, goes on no. tirades and stuff like that. I don't necessarily. I don't want to experience it in real life, but <laughs> I I don't mind it you like as a row, yeah. yeah. I like it as an art thing, not as a reality thing, like. Like you know, I think assholishness has its place, but you know, it's it's you know what you know. But the thing about you know assholishness is that it's also really hard on the asshole. You know, like it's it's hard on you be the victim of this person's behavior, but it's all you know they're not making life easy for themselves either. You know, like like it's it's good that Mark Maron like learned to rein it in a little bit, and you know, I'm sure it's still part of his personality. He's probably a prickly guy who is quick to quick to lose his temper and but regrets it you know because he's reached that kind of maturity where he he can recognize his you know he's kind of one step past you know a sort a sort of narcissistic personality but he's kind of like he's sort of aware of it so he has to kind of kind of like a schizophrenic you know who's like living with his delusions he has to kind of like operate within the the you know the circle of his narcissism you know like and understand when when he's being that way how to kind of like curb it a bit but yeah, as much same, as you can, right? Yeah, the same acid that you spew on others when you have to go home and sleep in it. Yeah, will, yeah, will dissolve you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing I always say. If you know anyone I know who has like a grudge list has a terrible life, you know, mm-hmm. because 
that's all their life is, is their grudges, you know, and that's all they think about. And that's what they concentrate on and they cannot get past it. And if you can't get past something, then you're stuck there. And so you never, you can never do anything else, but be a person with the grudges, you know? And so when you meet people, you immediately tell them about your grudges and they listen to them. <laughs> and maybe the first time it's kind of funny because, you know, the person they're, they're bitterly angry about something and you're kind of, it's kind of amusing how Maddie is about that guy who cut him off 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of funny. But when you see him like the fifth time and he's still going on about that person who cut him off 14 years ago, you're like, you know what? You, you're, uh, this is kind of boring now. <laughs> like, it was funny the first time, but I kind of get, I get it now. I get it. You're really angry at all those people that screwed you over at some point in the past and you cannot forgive any of them and you're mad at all of them. We get it. Okay. Maybe it's time to move on. To- yeah. It used to be for me, and I hope this is what I'm like now, but it used to be for me that I liked spite as a motivator because it, I, I had a lot of people who, when I would like try to, okay, when I was trying to get started in improv, I had, you know, people tell me that I wouldn't make it. Like the people who were running theater sports, you know, were like, you know, this, this isn't the place for you. You shouldn't, uh, it's not, yeah, we don't think this is, yeah. And that kind of thing. So you're like, okay, I'm going to show you. I'm going to be successful <laughs> and then I'll show you. Of course, by the time you do, they've forgotten that conversation completely. <laughs> so you're not showing nobody, but but you can use it as, as fuel sure. to get you going sure. and keep you going. But it doesn't burn for a very, very, very long time. Uh-huh. Like to me now, if someone does me like that, I always kind of think, you know what? You know what? I'm going to do something really nice for them. <laughs> and, and, and it's going to help them out. And then and then it's going to be weird. They're going to go like, hey, you know who recommended you for this? What? Ian. What? Why would, why would he recommend me for this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He really recommended you. He said you'd be really good for this job that you really wanted. Huh. Why? Why? Yeah, I guess you got to sit in that and uh, let that float around in your head forever. Okay. There you go. You know, there you go. Just try and raise all boats. Unless, of course, the person's dangerous, in which case, you know. Yeah, no, yeah. You, there's, a lim- there's a limit to all these. But uh, if, you're just a, if they're just a jerk. Yeah, yeah. If they're just like a snarky jerk. Yeah. Then, you, know, you know, it's kind of fun sometimes sure. to do nice by them or, you know, invite them to something or, you know, involve them in something or like if you get presents for some people, you know, get them something, you know, just do, do that. It's like, why is he being nice to me? Oh, yeah, some, nice. Sometimes you just have to learn to, and you just have to learn like when people are that way, you know, like, yeah, it's not Machiavellian on my part. Yeah. It's just like, no, why would I want this? Why would I want that toxic? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. There was a guy Move who, on. and he was, I guess, semi-dangerous, you know, to me who wanted to fight me. He was a comedian. He wanted to fight me. And uh, at one point, he was trying to impress a girl and so came up to me behind me and, uh, and, and tried to start a fight at a comedy show. And uh, I was with two of my friends, Riel and Diana. Yeah. And they, uh, and they just like immediately turned on him, like just, just like just went at him and just like, like, what are you doing? What's your problem? What are you doing? And I was like, oh, that's I got, uh, I got uh, two women that going and going at, yeah, you, you got to back off. There you go. So it was like, okay, but I'm going to have to see him again at like other shows. What yeah. am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I knew that he was doing like this uh, play. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, I saw him, I saw him sitting there and I just said, How, how's your play going? And I, I know he really cared about his play and like, oh, it's going, yeah, it's going, it's going pretty good. I'm having some, oh, what's the problems with, with it? What are you doing? And then we just talked through his play. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was like, oh, it almost felt like I was, I was, I'm giving you now a different memory of me right now. 
So that's not the last memory you have of me. The memory that you have of me right now is us talking about your play. So the next time you see me, you'll think, oh, that's the guy I was talking to about the play. All right, we're going to be fine. And, and there you go. And it, and it semi-worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if someone doesn't like you, there's not much you can do about it. You can You can smooth over... You can smooth over the prickliness a little bit, but sure, there's a lot to not like about me. If you if you really want to, <laughs> I don't mean that. I just but you no, know, no, it's, I mean, I, it's true though. <laughs> I've met people in my life that I don't understand why, but they didn't like me. Uh-huh. You know, and I don't think I did anything to deserve that. But we just did not. We just didn't click in some way, you know. So you know, they they didn't go out of their way to like destroy me, but they didn't want to know me, you know. Yeah, and that's fine. Like. You know, of course, at the time, it probably hurt my feelings or whatever a little bit. But, but you know, there's people I've met in my life that I didn't like. You know, like I just, they just rubbed me the wrong way, and I. All right, let's you know. let's 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 mention them all now. Let's go. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the what I'm thinking of just passed away, so I do not want to. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to revisit that. But um, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's sort of, it's it's sort of funny because there's a lot of people. Of course, when someone passes away, people bring out you know they immediately start talking about this person and they they smooth over the 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 bad parts of their lives or things they've done maybe just screw a few people over and stuff and people remember the good parts and I, but you know to me I just didn't join in at all because I have no <laughs> I have nothing good to say about this person I did not like them and that's that's how it is so mm. I'm not going to pretend now that I, oh what a great person he was yeah that's uh, no. they uh, they did like uh, you know uh, try to harm you in some way not physically but like just try to harm you in some way in your in your life right or did they not not terribly i mean you know to me they were a bully who just manipulated people you know and and put on like a cool facade for themselves you know but it was really like a big blustery kind of thing but but they're really rude about it you know like and so when you met them they just kind of came at you and you know to make you know to put you in your place and right. that it's a wrong approach with me, right? So that just brings out my own. <laughs> my, you know, I know in those days I didn't. I was much more uh, not as confrontational, but I didn't back down, you know. So and we didn't get in a fight or anything, but I just, I just made known my feelings about people who, you know, try to bully you and talk you down and belittle you in front of other people in order to establish the pecking order, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm no, I'm not a bottom person, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, go along with this. So that's how we're gonna have a, we're gonna have some words, and then we're not gonna like each other, and that's that's life. Yeah, that's and that's okay. Yeah, that no, it's okay. I was just thinking, like, um, it's just it's something that. Uh, are you hearing something in the background uh, right now? I've got a, I got a frog outside my window. Can you is hear that? It? A, is that what it is? Yeah, it's a frog. You got a frog in your pan. Oh. he's just, he's just outside. He's in the tree outside my window. Okay, so he's up high. So has he found the rainbow connection? <laughs> I hope so. Okay, I'm just saying that is a substantial frog. He's very loud. Yeah, before I was, uh, I could hear Risa purring in in the microphone, but she's sleeping now, so she's not purring. But yeah, that's a loud frog. The problem is, is oh, I wonder. Did, now, why did you mic the frog? <laughs> well, this is a different thing entirely. This is it's a scientific experiment that I've been doing, yeah. and I'm hoping that when I'm not looking. He will talk like Kermit the Frog. Oh! But nothing, it has not succeeded so far. All I'm getting are a lot okay. of noises like that. No, the problem is, is my, uh, because because of the leaking in my shop before we put in the, the new deck, which now it's not leaking. It's really nice because, you know, we had like some, we had some crazy rain yesterday. Yes. And it was, it was, <laughs> thank you, Frog. And it was so nice to, uh, 
it was so nice to come in the shop and not not be thinking to myself, I wonder if there's like, I wonder if my buckets are overflowing or I wonder if like, you know, the water knocked the bucket off the table and now water is just pouring straight down onto everything. But no, I don't think that at all. But now I do have, uh, but because of the leaking, I had to take all the insulation out of the, the ceiling. And so, so the natural world is a, li- is a lot closer. So, cause there's this bare wood on the out- outside of the, the house and there's no, there's no, um, there's no insulation or vapor barrier between me and the outdoors. So I need to put that in because, you know, winters are coming and I don't, I, uh, I don't want to pay for heat to go out into the sky. I do, love, I do think we're probably the only podcast right now that has a, has a frog that's heckling <laughs> us. You think he was heckling? I thought he was, you know what? I, you know, I think if we could have understood him, he was, he was making some more comic strip slash band Oh my God, uh, suggestions. He's a... He's giving us a reverse Muppets. I just realized that <laughs> it's a frog that's heckling two old men for trying to do a show. Oh my god! That's exactly that's exactly what it is. I, that, that is ironic. <laughs> that is well, it's fitting, I guess. That's fine. That's fine. Fine. I was gonna I was gonna go down a little bit of a weird path there. Go uh, go down but, a weird uh, path, please. I may okay. I may go down a different path that's a little, little lighter. But no, it was just uh, talking about like. You know, so it's someone you didn't get along with, and they and they pass away, and it's just uh, something like I've, I've had a I've had a couple of people. <laughs> I love that there's a frog just heckling through them. Like, Sorry if no, it's bothering dude, you, dude. Dude, keep it keep it light. Keep it light, man. Keep it light. No, I was just gonna say like it's that weird thing where like you have someone who was uh, an actual abuser in your life like uh, and then they pass away yeah and that's always a weird thing of like what to do with those feelings and how to relate to that kind of thing when that person gets brought up do you bring it up or do you not say anything or what do you do or you just go man I guess uh, you know in the oldie days I would just done a comic about it and just go well it's in a comic if someone wants to read it they can read it. Yeah, but, I just I just sublimated my my emotions and just push it way. I down. push it that's way do down. It. I just leave how, it. That's the healthy thing to do. Yep. Just feel bitterly about that person for the next forty years. Okay, but I'm going to tangent from that sure. to a different thing. Okay. Which was uh, something that uh, comedians I know have have talked about for a bit, which is like when a comic passes away, what should happen to the act? What should happen to the act? Yeah, like you got someone like. Okay, let's take a famous person like, uh, and this is a uh, this is an oldie oldie timey comic. Okay, so you got someone like a David Brenner. Okay, okay now David Brenner was a, a, a comedian who was at the time more successful than a Seinfeld, more successful. Yeah, he was really big. He was really big. He was about a David Steinberg. He hosted the Tonight Show many, 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 many times. Really, if you were a stand-up comic, you couldn't get bigger than David. Uh, sorry, David Brenner. Um, and uh, then, you know, recently, you know, a couple of years ago or whatever, maybe a decade ago, he passed away. Um, you can't see any of the stuff anywhere. You know, it's, uh, you know, you, maybe you got some old clips of the Tonight Show. But like, what happens to the act? Where's it? Where's it go? What I, do you do? Well, this was something that uh, this was something that uh, yeah. Gary Shandling used to uh, used to talk about, which is like when a person dies. Yeah. Where does their act go? What should you do? Should you write it down? Should you get the friends together and write down as much as possible and try to put it aside so that there's a record of this? You know, should you try to get some clips together and, and make a little uh, thing about that, or you just go, well, they're they're gone now, and so's the act. It just goes into the ether. Uh, you know, everything they worked on in their life, it's now done. It's gone. Just, uh, such as temporary. That's an interesting. As- you know what? We know what. You know what we need 
is a uh, a museum kind of like the that broadcasting one in New York where you can go and you can watch any TV show or any like they have all the kinescopes and everything. It's like it's a repository of all broadcasting. Mm-hmm. As much as as much as as we've saved through the history of television, it's all there that and it can be researched and it can be accessed. Yeah, and we need one that's equivalent for comedians so that you know when they die, all their notebooks and their file cards or their whatever they used, you know their their phones, um, whatever they used as a as a way to to hone their acts and work on things, you know. So you have the, you have their appearances on on various tv shows you have like whatever they did whatever we can whatever you can find you know whatever yeah. they're they're just There's, for laughs appearances you know and and just like have that all there everyone does have a podcast so yeah there's, there's so yeah so you have that there lot. so that that's all there and so that, so sorry please go ahead i was just gonna say so anytime someone was interested in say a david brenner or a um uh what's that guy's oh darn it now i can't think of his name was it just in my I can't remember his name. Sorry, I was just thinking. Of che- I just mentioned, or is it a different? Person? No, it's an Ed Ed Blue Stone. Ed Bluestone. Okay. Was that a that's a comedian, right? I don't know who Ed Bluestone is. Well, that's ahead. the thing, right? So if you read old, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, sorry, I'm just gonna Google his name. But hey, what, the reason I brought him up friend. is the reason I brought him up is sorry. What did you say? Yes, Ed Bluestone is a is a stand up comedian. Yeah, and the reason I bring him up is because if you read like a book like Funny, I think it's called Funny People, whatever, like an old book from the 70s of of stand up comics of that era. You know, you got your Robert Klein and you got your your David Brenner's and what stuff, but you also have like Ed Bluestone, who's someone who's completely disappeared. You know, and so it would be it would be invaluable to have like a repository of of someone like that, so that you know you just have all of their work in one place, and you know it's just there for for generations. And so people who are looking back at you know comedy in the 70s or even just people who are fans of it can have a place to go and research or or discover forgotten things you know and it'd be kind of fun to to you know to kind of highlight some of these people who have you know they were there now they're gone you know and, and they're gone in a way that's kind of sad because so much of so much of stand-up is so ephemeral because it's so based in its time period you know like what's funny in the 70s isn't necessarily going to translate to us now like some of it will but some of it won't, you know. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like there was, you know, 200 silent comedians. How many do we know now? Three, you know, so. Yeah, basically Cliff Nesteroff's the only one who's really doing the deep dive on, uh, yeah, on, on yeah. these people. I mean, I think I think personally about like there was uh, two, two comedians and well, three, I suppose. There was, um, uh, there was, uh, uh, oh, I'm trying to get the name right. Colin Campbell. Uh, Colin Campbell was like just one of the funniest stand-ups in Vancouver. Just brilliant. Was was everywhere on every Canadian talk show or everything. Yeah. And then yeah, like where's his act? It's all gone. Erwin mm-hmm. Barker was one of the best writers, like joke writers, amazing. There's a couple of specials about him, and there yeah. was one yeah. after he was diagnosed with cancer that was called "That's My Time," uh-huh. uh, where they really covered his act. And and he's he's someone that uh, local comedians will quote. They'll quote like. Of bits of his, <laughs> he'd go on about raisins for like ten minutes. It was yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. Or even like one of my favorite jokes was one where uh, he was talking. He would open talking about the cancer, and he'd go like, you know, my doctor uh, gave me uh, twelve months to live, uh, but my lawyer says he can get it down to eight. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it just just brilliant, mm-hmm. and it's just like all this material that's so beautiful. It's yeah. like, What do you do with it? Or you know. 
uh, someone that we both, you know, uh, put together a thing with, you know, Laura Janiszewski. She yeah. had all this musical uh, stuff and, and uh, didn't really record a lot of it. Mm. And so, you know, what do you, it's all goes, poof, it's just not around. It's just, ugh. yeah. And uh, it just seems like an active thing that would be a good thing for people to do. Uh, you know, as, as a certain generation of comedians does pass away, you know, just gather this material together, as you say, and put it put it somewhere. It was something that uh, Gary Shandling was really concerned about. He just thought that that was like a huge tragedy. Yeah. That all of this art, this brilliant art, um, was just uh, as soon as someone uh, dies, it dies with them and uh, it's gone. Just done. Yeah, no, I think you. Yeah, I agree with him. I think, and I think that's part of of the curse of of comedy is that people think that it's unimportant and don't realize. I don't think they realize how much effort goes into creating, you know, real comedy. Not what we're doing here, obviously, but real comedy. You know, takes a lot of effort and you know a lot of practice, a lot of a lot of honing and refining and getting, you know, slowly and slowly, slowly getting to that kind of perfect bit of comedy, you know, that just that, you know, your whatever you want to call it, your tight five or your tight, whatever, yeah. you know, like that, that, you know, that's, that's, that's years in the making, you know, to, to get to that point. And, you know, you, if you're lucky, you can get, you can get so good that you can create, you know, tight, 60s whenever you feel like it you know because your your humor is your humor is your character and your humor are so developed that you can you can easily develop you know more stuff from from your from the way you you know the way you created your act you know but but yeah to get to that point though it's it's years in the making it's literally years in the making and when that when that person's gone whoever they are i mean to think to think yeah that it's all it's all gone you know it's sad yeah, it was weird watching uh, the Comedy Store documentary, mm-hmm. and just because it, like, it was interesting, uh, you know, hearing hearing some of the stories. A lot of them you've heard before, especially if you are a fan of uh, Cliff Nesterov's work, because he covered things like uh, the the Comedy Strike. Also, the person I forget the name of the person who wrote the uh, Dying Up Here that he also, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but uh, but the problem with the documentary was. It was definitely wrapped in the romance of the store, of just like, these are people who love the store. It's all pro the store. Everything leans towards this is a, this was a great place. And, you know, it's a magical place with all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's, that's fine. I mean, it's a reason to do, you know, you're, you're doing a documentary about it. Obviously you've got emotional feelings towards it, mm-hmm. but it is just this, it, there's something that bothers me when, whenever I hear comedians sit down and go like, Hey, you know, man, comedians we're not like other people it's like yeah you are of course you are <laughs> you just do comedy to express the things that now nah, we're we're an odd bunch everyone's an odd bunch <laughs> the guys that work at Foot Locker are freaks they are. they'll do some freaky shit on the weekend yeah you also just, you just also most of them think they're really funny yeah 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 yeah. everyone about yeah that's the thing everyone thinks they're funny yeah you just happen to have an audience that can tell you directly yes or no. But like, <laughs> no, everyone, everyone's a weirdo, man. Yeah. Who do you think isn't a weirdo? You're like, I don't know. You know, whatever. You know, I might have a regular job like a plumber. Oh, you don't think a plumber's a weirdo? You don't think? Okay, wait. A minute. You're telling me <laughs> that you don't think when they get together at a bar, you know, that they get into some stuff that like would make your hair turn white. Okay, fair enough. No, no, you're right. It's all just regular. Yeah. Sheepers, creepers, man. 
yeah, it's it's just this whenever whenever someone does that othering thing of uh, <laughs> you know, it's just like but no, we're our thing is special, it's magical. And it's like, yes, it is. You're absolutely right. It is special, it is magical, and so is so many other things too, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, I sacrifice everything for this. It's like, this is the only thing I could do. I could do nothing else. Yes, you could. Of course you could. But, you know, this is the thing you want to do. And that's fine. It's fine. But, oh, it's just taking it all over into this cartoonish, over-the-top, romantic, ah, thing. And it just reminds me of a poet sitting there with his glass of wine and cigarette and all the suffering. And it's just, all right, fine. What have you. Go up there. Do your jokes. Write better jokes. Now write better, better jokes. Don't complain. Don't complain about cancel culture. That's irrelevant. Go just do your jokes and do, write them good enough that you're not getting canceled. No, keep going. Oh, what happened? Oh, you showed your dick to someone? Yeah, any job, that's a problem. That is not different than, <laughs> than yeah. any other job. Again, the guy at Foot Locker, the second he shows his dick, he is no longer working at Foot Locker, and he doesn't leave going, cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> there you go can't express myself man mm -hmm. yeah that's the problem <laughs> your actions yeah you silly goose so um just wanted to do a follow-up how did your uh full-size chocolate bars go on halloween how do they go they were delicious no i'm joking uh Whoa! three bar Dedrick. <laughs> three uh it was great now i was hoping for more kids i got I think I said I got 36 bars, so, and I did. I got two bo two boxes of bars, and I gave out the good bars, in my opinion. Oh, Mr. Good Bars. I am Mr. <laughs> that's what I, those are not a that's good what bar. I, yeah, that's what I did for everyone. I, I, did, I did scenes for Mr. looking for Mr. Good Bar. It's almost my chocolate bar. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so I gave out the, um, what did I give away? The Kit Kat, Coffee Crisp, Smarties, and one of the, uh, maybe that's all there was. I can't remember now exactly. I, I didn't have anything quite as dramatic as yours, and we'll talk about what you what you guys did in a second. I just but I did use the barbecue tongs, and and I just I just like you know tilted the box up and poured the bars out onto the onto our side table down by the door, and I just handed them out with the barbecue tongs. So I never okay. touched them at all. I went straight from the box into the kids' bags. And what was really nice though was when the kids got them. There was quite a few times where the kids were walking away, and they. And I would hear them say to their mom and dad, I, I got a full-size chocolate bar. <laughs> Many times. They're very excited by that. And when, one time the parents were like, they were walking past, they're like, a full-size chocolate bar. And they look over, I was still saying the doorway, and they're like, you're cool. <laughs> they gave me the thumbs up. So I was like, ah, oh, well, thanks. So that, that was really nice. That was really heartening. Oh, so I pretty much am... I am decided, I pretty much decided that from now on, it's full-size full chocolate bars from now on. Because we just don't, we don't get that many kids. It was 30, it was, uh, what did it cost me? $28 for 36 bars. And believe me, that, that was more than worth, worth it. The, 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 uh, so I think, you know, if it's normal year next year, I'm, I'm, I'll maybe get three boxes. Mm -hmm. But like I say, we don't, we don't get inundated because of our location. We just, we don't. It's mostly very, very local kids that we get. But who knows, if you start giving out full-size chocolate bars, you might get more and more kids. So. No, that is a possibility. I would like, again... I've told you my fantasy, you know, if uh, if I have the money, is to give out movie size candy bars. <laughs> I know, I know, and just blow their minds. <laughs> Do they the, make the, those still? I don't. The, I don't remember yeah, seeing those in the in the. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get okay. like a twelve finger Kit Kat at okay. the. Um, well, can't the you just get that in a normal store anyway? You could get it if you want to pay normal prices, but you oh. want to go to Costco, I think, and get the 
I don't know. If, I don't know if they sell the the big the big big ones. But I, I, oh I, man, you you've got me uh, you got me wondering now. Oh my gosh! All right, buy uh, one of those uh, uh, puck sized Reese's peanut butter cups. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a couple ones of those hot. Yeah, yeah. Can you do that now? Are you allowed to give kids uh, peanut uh, treats? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I don't know. You I mean, you. I mean, closer to the uh, to, to, to that. Uh, I never situation. thought about it because there were Reese's peanut butter uh, chocolate bars in the other box that I didn't give out. So maybe okay. that was good that I didn't because I I didn't think about that. But that's that's very true. I I assume that the parents go through the candies before the kids eat them. I mean, my parents did, and somehow I, all my chocolate bars disappeared. I don't know what happened. Okay. But I'm looking I'm looking on the uh, on the Costco site now, and I'm a, I'm entering candy bars and seeing what you can see. Seeing what you can see. Again, with the with the way things are for movie theaters right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. I would be shocked if I couldn't get a good. A whole bunch of big old uh, things, but by this time next year, hopefully that will all. What the hell? Four results? Uh, it's all bullshit. It's yeah, all well, that's that. Oh, really? That's co- that's Costco for you, though. They're very uh, they're very hit and miss in their in their. They don't keep products in stock all the time. Yeah, they'll let things disappear, and you'll be like, "Oh man, I love the clam chowder you get at Costco," and then then your mom goes there, and you're like, she comes home, and you're, you're oh, did you get the clam chowder? Like, oh, they don't sell it anymore. What? What kind of store stops selling food? But anyway. Uh, you get yourself uh, Cadbury's favorites, full size, or a, a Hershey, or yeah, as you say, you, you did the Kit Kat Coffee Crisp Arrow Smarties situation. That's right, Arrow. That was the other one in there. That's right. Thank yeah. You. yeah. You get uh, 18 bars for uh, $17. Well, that is a good deal at all. That seems that seems pretty standard. Like, I, I expect better savings. Yeah, no, I paid 14 per. So they, okay. they made a bit on they made a bit on special for well, Halloween. Let me say this: a Cadbury, uh, Cadbury's giving you for sixteen dollars, you're getting eighteen. So that's a little bit of a better deal. You're getting your uh, crispy crunch, well, Wonder Bar, caramel, Mr. Big, and a crunchy bar. Oh, that's that's all oh, right. that's good. Oh, I didn't know that was another option. I, I'll, I'll be more. I'll be more. Um, yeah, I just sent my friend without much without much direction. So more, we, next next what's yeah, that? We I was gonna say we thought we had overbought. For uh, for for uh, our block, yeah, and it looked like we had it first. Yeah, like uh, I think what you were you're setting up was that my wife uh, did a big uh, tube with it, a skull face at the end. Yeah, of it. it looked great. It looked really kick ass. Yeah, she really dolled up a lot of other things, and uh, they looked really really good. And uh, and uh, our friend uh, uh, Nina Matsumoto came over and uh, made. Is that uh, Nina made... Nina Matsumoto, famous artist of Sparks and Sparks Two Double Dog Dare? Yes. Oh. Uh, she, yeah, I think she worked on some Simpsons crap in the past too. And I say crap just we're not we're um, not selling that Simpsons stuff. You know, uh, the, the, I'm only saying the ones that I wrote. Uh, her art was delightful. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. I'm proud of my work too. What the heck? Why am I? Why am I? Focused yeah, on yeah. Come on, quit it. Um, That's my job. Enough of that. Yeah, enough of that nonsense. And I made a nice meal as well. I made a very nice spicy cauliflower uh, dish with some other stuff. But the cauliflower. What's the star? Anyway, um, so, uh, that's very rare. I know, but I found a good way of doing it. Uh, mm. um, an Otto Lenghi recipe of it. I was doing a, a series of recipes from Otto Lenghi's uh, cookbooks, who's a, a chef who I really like, uh, just as a challenge mm. for myself for, for the for that week. Wait, and, I'm uh, just going to write down Otto Lenghi on my Sneaky Dragon bingo card, because that's the third right, time you've you mentioned that. Mention third show in a row. Very good. I Thank you. Then, of course, you know, go... Uh, do you mean uh, auto da da da? Do you mean auto dialer? No, I, I do not. But it, uh, when you can make cauliflower good, there you are. But the thing that uh, two things. Yeah. But the one thing, first thing was we thought we under uh, we over 
but we did not. Oh, good. There was a point where we had so many kids because mm. we thought. I mean, for the word on the street was, you know, uh, oh, Halloween's canceled. No one knows what's going on for Halloween. Are we going to do Halloween? Probably not. Well, I guess you could have a two. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And like the houses around us, not too many pumpkins. So we're like, mm, yeah, probably not much. We're just going to we'll have some light fun ourselves. We'll be all right. Yeah. Um, normally I would put up, uh, I would, I would shine some uh, spooky, funny uh, cartoons through the window on a sheet. But that's a thing where people gather together to watch them and like, ah, I shouldn't do gathering together stuff. Should be giving stuff and then get out of here uh, stuff. That's the safe thing to do. Shouldn't have people stand in a crowd together. And like last year, we had a thing where people were gathering on the lawn to just watch the cartoons in full. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was one point where we just looked up and there was a lineup, like a, a big lineup that was going like out from our house and, and a little bit down the down the sidewalk. I was like, whoa, I've never seen that before. Wow. Yikes. How that's, are we doing? That's great. And, uh, luckily, that's great. we did have enough and uh, and they were all very, very happy and it was a very positive experience. I'm glad uh, to hear that. I, cause part of why I part of why I gave out full-size chocolate bars this year, partly because I've always wanted to, but also because I wanted to reward the kids that went out kind of braved all the hype and all the all the yeah. doom and gloom and all the you know and just like let's normal it up a bit yeah i mean the kids who came to my door were, were masks i wore a mask i gave them the stuff with barbecue tongs there was nothing dangerous about what you know what we were doing on halloween night there was nothing dangerous about the kids going from door to door they weren't going into the people's houses they weren't you know embracing each other or breathing into in, into our faces you know mm-hmm. so it was I just felt like you know it was kind of it was kind of uh, our generation's Y two K moment of just like let's calm down, let's keep keep calm everyone. Like we can still have Halloween. We don't need to like cancel everything. This is really silly, you know. So yeah, I f- I just feel bad for for kids who don't get to don't get to have any fun, you know. And there's no reason for them not to have fun with Halloween this year, you know. Carefully it's done, fun. it was perfectly safe. It's fun to have fun. It is fun to have fun. One of the things we did as well was we took uh, the fire pit from the backyard, put it to the front yard, Mm. and uh, I took a um, a Duraflame wall. Okay. We're like, is this okay for outside? And then the whole thing on it says, okay for outside. And there's a drawing of it on a fire pit. And I'm like, this looks like my fire pit. This is great. (laughs) This is perfect. So we light the fire. Yeah. I'm sitting there. Pia's up at the top of the tube. Uh, Nina's uh, down at the bottom uh, there with me and my sister-in-law. Yeah. Uh, Vicky is there. And we're all having a really nice time. And uh, there's people walking by and going, this is, oh, man, you guys got a good setup here. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. And, uh, you know, maybe we were drinking whiskey. I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> um, there was one point where one guy did come by. All you need is whiskey and steak. And I went like, yeah, all we'll need is steak. Yeah, whiskey and steak. Yeah, steak. Oh, I get it. And they kept walking. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, then someone, someone came by and, uh, was going, oh, this is great. I didn't know this was legal. And I went, oh, that's a good thing to look up. So, um, <laughs> the next day I looked up and I'm like, oh, not at all. Not at all legal. Not in your front yard. You can do it in your backyard, but not no, in your front yard. No, you can't do it in your backyard. You can't do it on your, on your property at all. What you can do is oh. you can do it if it's, uh, uh charcoal. Yes. Okay. Uh, but you can't burn wood. Can't burn paper, oh, which we've done. Yeah. Um, and you can't, uh, but you can burn propane. So we can hook it up with like a propane situation. Yeah, yeah. And have that kind of thing going. So we either got to go charcoal huh. or propane. 
But what we did, which was so fun, was a one-time only situation. Well, you know, I can see with propane, it's much safer, you know, to have a tank full of flammable gas under pressure right near your house. You know, that, well, that's yeah. way better than wood burning in a in a in a in a, in a fire pit. And again, my wife, yeah, one log. Yeah, my <laughs> wife, uh, her apartment building uh, went up uh, once, and uh, her her apartment didn't get burned, but uh, we had this situation of like you know watching it burn. Yeah. And going around to the back of the building and just seeing everybody's propane tanks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just going yeah. like, ooh, uh, <laughs> as it gets closer and closer and closer. <laughs> yeah, only I think I think one I think one went off. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you just like, uh, I don't I don't feel comfortable having propane. We, we, we got le- loaned a lawnmower from my uh, mother-in-law. Oh, good. And it comes with a gas, uh, you know, gas. Yes. Uh, you know, what do you call it? You hold the gas in it. Gas uh, can. Oh, um, I thought I thought you meant a, I thought you meant it has the lawnmower had a gas tank because it's a gas powered lawnmower. But okay, you, got, gas, well, you also got a you also got a jerry can with gas in it. Yeah, jerry can with gas in it. I don't like having that. I don't like having a jerry can full of gasoline in the backyard. I don't like I don't like the idea that you know some uh, person who's just yeah. like doesn't like me can just go hey a bunch of gasoline spray <laughs> spray spray <laughs> light 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 la 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 walk away. That seems that seems like really extreme criticism. I don't think you have to worry about that. But, yeah, we have board. but you don't have like a shed or anything to lock it up in? We don't have a shed, no. Oh. Where yeah. it's under a tarp, and then sometimes the tarp blows away, and then the water <laughs> gets in with the gas, and then it's you got to drain it. It's, it's fun. Uh, it's fun. Yeah, it's good fun to have a lawnmower. Well, I mean, it's nice to have a lawnmower, but not. It, it is, but you know what I'm saying. So uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try and set up something underneath the stairs, I think. Uh, to keep to keep things somewhat dryish and and what have you. It's the first time I've ever had a lawnmower because it's the first time I've ever had a lawn. Really, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Responsibility. Cool. By the way, I'm glad that frog's gone. That son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. I he, gave gave him his walking papers. Okay, you didn't uh, you didn't hurt him, right? You didn't like. I, I hurt his feelings. I gave him the finger. Oh, and they can't do that. No, they can't do that. No. Yeah, the no. other thing to do is just kiss him. See if they transform into some sort of royalty. <laughs> no, he just stayed a disease-carrying, uh, whatever he is, amphibian? Is that what frogs yeah. are? Did you see? Yeah, they're amphibian. Yeah, that's true. Uh, did you ever see the um, uh, the frog prince, Kermit the Frog? Uh, oh, my God. So scary with Sweepy? Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, it really bothered me when he was like in the water. It always bothers me when Kermit's in water. Why? Oh. Well, because you got the puppeteer underwater. Oh, okay. I don't know how they're doing it, but like, ugh. Yeah. Like, I, I saw once the getup that they used uh, for Jim Henson. Yeah. Uh, to be in the opening scene, speaking of Rainbow Connection, where he's in the swamp. Yeah. And he is. He's like in a, he's just in like almost like a shirt cage, but it's solid. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. He's behind the log and he's got his hand up and it's small. <laughs> and it's underwater and it's like, ugh, I don't like that at all. Well, that's okay. You're not doing it. That's a that's a fair point. If it doesn't happen to me, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, he's apparently uh, fine with it, so I don't know if you. I think you're worried about people. I'm I'm so concerned about that guy in a race car. It's going around and around in a track. I mean, he could I, crash I, his I, car. Actually, that's yeah. that's crazy. What is that guy thinking about? I, I never enjoyed the circus because it was like <laughs> seeing a guy walk across on a tightrope. Like as a as a little kid, I was like eight, and I'm just like, could he fall? Yeah. I guess well, so. why are we watching this? Why is he doing this for us? I don't want this. 
Cause... I don't want this. Why would I? Why would? Don't risk your life for me for this. That guy this has like spent. That guy spent years developing the skills. He wants yes, to show them did. to you. He wants. Yeah, he wants sure you to he see. Does. That's great. Do it on the ground. It's fine. <laughs> it, would still be, it would still be. It's still impressive to watch a guy walk across no, the ladder on the ground. I think there's. I think for for them, it's a bit of a bit of a come down. Well, it's a come down when you fall down too. Sure, that's how it goes. Like to me, if you risk, okay. First of all, the sheer amount of time that you've got to put into. Uh, uh, learning how to do this. Yeah. Then learning how to do it to circus level. Yeah. Then learning how to do it in an entertaining way. You got to put twist on it. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, I almost fell halfway through, or or juggling now, or some stuff. Or I'm gonna, like I'm gonna balance on my chair on with with a chair on one leg on the uh, tightrope. Yes. And here's Tight how people rope. watch it. Oh, that's okay. Like it's <laughs> I don't think people are going. Oh, that's okay. I think people are so are so absolutely nervous that they're not really reacting very much. But that doesn't I mean they're know. not they're I not ill at ease. I don't think people are like. It's good. I yes, don't think that's a reaction. No way. I'm at the circus. Like when you're at the circus and you're watching, uh, you know, trapeze artists. Yeah. And they catch each other. Yeah. That's insane. Like how? That's amazing that they're doing that. And then it flips. And then the, oh my god, that's insane. And you're watching it going, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's not enough. That's not enough. That's not enough for, oh. the, for the work you're doing. Why aren't you a circus hype man? You should be right in the audience there, like. You know, waving your arms around, banging on the drum, saying, "Look, you think you can? This, do this? is amazing." Yeah, Cirque du Soleil. Every one of these people is insanely talented. Yeah, oh my brilliant. gosh! Yeah, yeah. That's like we got to have like dozens of them, otherwise you get bored. <laughs> oh my god! I was thinking this the other day when I was seeing some pretty impressive juggling. Yeah, yeah. And people were just walking by, going, hmm. and I'm like, years. Again, we're talking about like comedy taking years, but years to learn this. And then people go, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a juggler. They, they, he juggles. We get it. So, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Are you going to give him some money? No one has money anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it's a juggler. It's amazing. Well, <laughs> to be fair to the juggler, it was more impressive in the past. Like, we have we have lots more. I mean, they're competing against a lot of stuff. They're competing against cable. They're competing against rotary phones. <laughs> yes. Rotary phones are very impressive. They're competing against That's Merlin, that great toy from our youth. Oh, I thought you were talking about the actual magician. No, there. no, there's no actual. Look at this guy; he's aging backwards. You know what's funny? The the cheap computer game Merlin is more real than the magician Merlin from that old book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, they have a lot to compete against. So you know, like, yeah, in the you know, like in the 1960s when nothing was happening and there was nothing to do, of course, juggling seemed exciting. They're probably the most famous jugglers in the world, right? In the '60s, everyone everyone loved juggling then. But times change. They invented the skateboard, you know. So kids had other things to do. They invented that little game with a ball and a string that you like try and get into a, a little cup in your hand, you know. <laughs> I can't it's keep it, I can't keep it up anymore. Really good. I was keeping pretty straight face through that ridiculous stupid thing i was doing but anyway <laughs> it was pretty well done I, I, I i'm more impressed by that than i am with actual jugglers <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I have not watched a lot of star trek you've watched a lot of star trek i haven't i haven't seen like i don't think i've seen more than half the episode of, um, of what of the original series how many how many episodes were there of the original series there was three seasons so that's 14 shows altogether I've, I've honestly, I have no idea, but I am going somewhere with this. Okay, go, you, you go on. Look. You go on. Uh, 
No, you go, um, you go on. You go where are you going? I, won't I was watching an episode where there was a character on it. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a, it was an episode uh, called Requiem for Methuselah. And uh, it was a character on it named Flint, who, uh, cool. you know, uh, was a was a mortal. Uh-huh. And at one point he goes, I've gone by many names. You know, I've been Methuselah. I've been Moses. I was Solomon. I was Socrates, Alexander the Great. Uh, and, uh, he was also, and he was Merlin as well. <laughs> and I was, I was watching that and I just like thinking, oh, you idiots. Now you can't do anything with those characters. Cause it's this guy You've just <laughs> blown your, I'm going to be gross here. Your doctor who load, like you've just done it. Like you can't now have a time travel story where you go back and like meet Solomon. Cause you're just like, ah, oh, it's that guy. Did Star Trek never- do time travel? Star Trek oh, did do they time did travel. do something because they Nazis. they went back and they saved the whales in a movie. And they ha- saved uh, uh, Joan. No, Collins. no, she well, died, didn't she? They that. tried to save her, but she died. Well, they did save her, didn't they? And then they decided not to save her. They saved her first, oh. and then went, "Oh, what's going to happen again?" The now Prime gonna... Directive. Oh no. Yeah, he knows, Doctor. He knows. Oh boy, does he know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get the fuck out of here. Just say hell. Let's get the hell out. I have I have seen that episode of of Star Trek. Have you have you not seen every Star Trek episode? Oh no, I don't like that show. Okay, well that doesn't necessarily mean you haven't seen it. <laughs> okay, I guess I've seen every episode some... of uh, Gilligan's Island. I don't necessarily like it. I think Gilligan's but... Island was a very good show. I think it was better than Star Trek. Okay. The whole uh, the whole um, Carmen, you know the whole the, doing Hamlet Carmen to Carmen. And Hamlet? Yeah. I think that's, that's brilliant. Like that's just like who who what kid who grew up and watched Gilligan's Island could ever forget that? Okay, well, first of all, let me tell you, seventy nine episodes of the original series of Star Trek. Secondly, well, what was that episode about? Which one? Like I do remember that the episode where they do Hamlet to Carmen. Uh, some kind of um, producer, some some theatrical producer act. comes shows up on the island, and they they need to they need to impress him. For Did you impress reason. a movie producer? I think so. For for Ginger or something like that. Is it Phil Silvers? I don't remember, honestly. All I remember is the music from that because I just think it. I just think it's so clever. Yeah, I know. But like, how do you get to that? How do you get like? I get. Here's the thing. The premise is. Yeah. It's it's these uh, six people mm-hmm. and they're stranded on an island. And they can't get home. All right. Yeah. And we're gonna end the episode. Yeah. With them doing Hamlet to Carmen. <laughs> I know. With with. Yeah. Musical accompaniment somehow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they got the musical accompaniment. We don't. We don't know. No one apparent. No one's got instruments, but <laughs> you remember them singing two musical accompaniments. Yeah. Like it's like a it's like a freaking dream, and you can't remember how it started. You can't remember how it ended. You can't no. remember who the guest was. Well, because you. I mean, honestly, I've not seen. I have not seen an episode of Gilligan's Island. And by the way, and I yet was. You're endorsing it right now. I was kidding. I was being rhetorical. There's no. There's no. Uh, there's, I have no aesthetic grounds to judge either Star Trek or Gilligan's Island because I honestly have not seen Gilligan's Island probably since I was a preteen. So it's been a while. It's been quite a okay, while. Okay, here we go. So it, the episode is called The Producer. Yes. All right. And here's the here's the plot. It's a short plot. So this Sure, of course. I'm sure it is. Uh, after curmudgeonly film producer Harold Hecuba, okay. played by Phil Silvers. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Oh dear, my sir, my sir. Uh, crash lands uh, near the island yeah. uh, during a round-the-world uh, talent hunt. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, the castaways are forced to tolerate him until the rescue plane arrives. Well, I guess they're going to get off the island then. When Ginger asks him for a role in his next movie, Hecuba laughs at the idea, causing Ginger to become so upset she refuses to return to civilization with the rest of the castaways. Oh, my God. Uh, hoping to change his mind, uh, Gilligan suggests that they perform a play for him so uh, he might uh, reconsider Ginger's talent and ultimately decide to use her in a movie. Yeah. Uh, good for her not just sleeping with him. Good for that. Uh, for, <laughs> uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't the gatekeeper at a comedy club. That's true. From the limited resources available on the island, yeah. they create a musical version of William Shakespeare's Hamlet. The cast performs three songs for the shows. Uh, for the show, the parody. Of okay, the can, I, can I? Hey, wait, wait, wait. Okay, oh, one is. Uh, okay, it is to be or not to be. That is the question that will always be something like that. And then the other one was. I think neither a borrower nor a lender be. Da 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 da. Something rather. Also. Sure. Whatever that Polonius is a lesson to Laertes in the play. Yeah. So you've got the neither borrower nor lender be speech. You've got the to be or not to be. What's the third speech? The third speech that they make into Carmen. Uh, I don't know what is it. Is that to a woman? Said to a woman. Something uh, Hamlet says to a woman. Oh, so he's, is he talking to Ophelia? He's talking to. I'm just gonna say talking to a woman. Something that uh, she should do. This is his advice. It's not get thee to a nunnery. Hang on, it is indeed get <laughs> thee to a nunnery. I, I can't believe they would use that scene, but okay, that's cool. That's even better. That makes me like it even more. Man, it's pretty yeah, good. So here, here's uh, here's the to uh, neither a borrower nor a lender be. Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Do not forget. Stay out of debt. Think twice and take this good advice from me. Guard that old solvency. There's just one uh, thing. There's just one thing you ought to do to thine own self. Be true. Uh, <laughs> and then Hecuba awakens the castaways uh, as the castaways rehearse at night, taking over the production. When help arrives, Hecuba departs alone, leaving uh, behind all the others in order to take full credit for this musical version of Hamlet. He intends to stage as his next project. Well, to heck you bow with him. Yeah. It's a, there you go. You know, I mean, I, I I was joking around, of course, saying it was better than Star Trek. So please don't don't kill me. But it was listed as the number three greatest sitcom episode of all time, according to the book Inside TV Land. Well, I think it's I think that's an incredibly clever thing, and the fact that I remember it from a show that I watched when I was uh, but a mere Kello youth. I think that's pretty impressive that it's it's stayed in my mind that long. I mean, that's that's a sign of of uh, some pretty good. I wonder what. Oh, it's probably Mash. <laughs> oh, the sadness in your voice. <laughs> it's just so. It's just so. Go ahead. What was it? What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say what is the what is what is the number one sitcom according to Inside TV Land, and then I and then I answered it by my own disappointed. Oh, it's probably Mash. <laughs> There is a citation needed. <laughs> citation needed. There is a citation needed. Oh, yeah. I guess they didn't. They didn't have the page number for uh, that TV land. No. Encomium. Uh, uh, you know what? what? I'm oh. going to bet hey, it might have been. An, uh, you know, it might have been. Uh, I love Lucy. They probably went with an old classic one. What for number one? I don't think so. Well, that that would be better. I mean, not that I don't like Mash, it's just, but it just feels like it's so. It's just so typical of an answer now, you know, you're just kind of like, you know, what about the monkeys? The monkeys isn't very good either, though. I'm just joking. I like the musical. <laughs> I like the, the musical. Times, lot. 
By the way, the amount of times you've said, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm feeling, I I'm feeling really that. defensive. I don't know why. I Sorry. just can't believe you anymore. I'm in a, I'm in a really delicate place right now. So I, I can't, I can't, I can't put myself out there, but um, yeah, no monkeys. Great music. So, so show is my, yeah. uh, my feeling. It has some good moments, but overall it's pretty, it's pretty tawdry. Here's a, yeah. The first thing that came up when it was like greatest sitcom episode of all time was uh, the Beverly Hillbillies episode. The giant jackrabbit got me and, there. Uh, Sorry. Uh, here's what here's what happens with this one. Okay. Uh, Granny Clampett goes to battle with a giant jackrabbit uh, that turns out to be a kangaroo. She thinks it's a jackrabbit, and so she's going to try and catch it in the, the episode about her fighting a, fighting a kangaroo. Is is her daughter? That sounds pretty. That sounds pretty good. Is her daughter really embarrassed because she keeps getting beaten up by the kangaroo? I think that, uh, oh, I see what you're saying. You're doing a Sylvester and Sylvester Jr. <laughs> reference. I think I think her daughter would be upset because she loves her critters. Oh, is that what she's saying? Oh, she loves critters. Know. Yeah. I haven't seen that show for a, for well, a long time. Maybe, maybe it's time. Nope. Nope. No need. Okay. So according to according to TV Guide. Oh, TV Guide. All right. Uh, we're going to go with like, uh, we got the top 10 uh, list. Okay, here's what I'm going to go with. Okay. I'm going to go with a 1997 list okay. from TV Guide okay. of the top 10 uh, episodes of television oh, wow. of all time. Wow. So that's not oh. just sitcoms. That's a TV of all, of all TV. In yeah, the yeah. Of all time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, probably not going to get these in any way, shape, or form. So 1997. So the top one is the, re- the reveal that St. Elsewhere was the entirely the dream of a, of a young autistic child. Um, great, no, great um, I do, I do, I do like that one, uh, very much. Uh, but the first, the first, uh, now let's just go number one and I'll just tell you the rest. Yeah. You tell me. Be, yeah. You tell that's going to be crazy. Um, but, uh, the number one, uh, one is a sitcom Yeah, and it's a sitcom that stars a woman. So I'll say so that. So Maud? It is not Maud. Along came Maude. Oh, and Mary Tyler Moore, of course. That's correct. And what episode would that be? Uh, it would be the one where she goes, Mr. Grant. It's the one where Chuckles the Clown dies. Oh, that's a good one. It's, it's Chuckles Bites the Dust. <laughs> I, didn't know that I did not know it was called that, but that is that is a very good episode. And the number two one also stars can a woman. I, can I just say one thing, though, about that show? Because what makes that work so well is all of their characters are so defined yep. that you do not need to have any explanation of why they're reacting the way they do or what is happening. It's it's just there in their in their in their characters. It's so well done. Anyway, go on. Oh, I was just gonna go. I'm gonna say no, I'm gonna uh, get you to guess the number two one because it also stars a woman. Also stars a woman, but it's not Maud. It is not Maud. It is not Phyllis. <laughs> Phyllis. It is not Rhoda. It's not Rhoda. Is it Alice? It is not Alice. Oh, no. Okay. I don't um, think Alice qualifies as one of the greatest. Yeah, well, I was uh, wondering. I was, I was so this is this is a a show a, a sitcom featuring a woman. Yes. But it's considered one of the greatest. Oh man, uh, yeah. just a woman. Like she's the main feature of the show. Sure is. Yep. Is it a modern show or is it an older show? Older show. It's an older show. Yep. Sorry, just thinking. Names and names in the title. Well, <laughs> names in the title, and they did. Uh, I think either three more or possibly four more uh, shows with her name also in the title. Um. Oh, I can't. I can't think of. It is I Love Lucy. Oh, and I Love it Lucy. Is Lucy does a TV commercial, 
and it's the one for Vita, Vita Mid and Meta Mix or whatever, but it's got alcohol in it and she doesn't know it. And she just has to keep doing the, uh, swallowing it back over and over again. Yeah. It gets drunker and drunker as the ad uh, continues. That sounds pretty good. I wasn't uh, a huge Lucy fan. That's probably why that didn't pop into my head. I should have thought of that. It was not of your time. Uh, it was my, not... my, my problem with Lucy was um, Lucy wants to be in the show. Ricky won't put her in the show. Mm-hmm. Every time Lucy sneaks into the show, the show goes great. <laughs> it seems like a jerk. Yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah. It's like if, if every time she went and did the show, the audience was boo. <laughs> but apparently she can dance. She's... She can sing. Yeah. She's great. Um, and you know, what does Ricky do? He sings okay and plays the bongos. Yeah, big freaking deal, Ricky. You know, it <laughs> seems like you've got a winning combo here. Why not, uh, you know, let her in the show? There's no justification. My personal no wife of mine is Sorry. going to be in the show. Is that what no it is? No wife of mine. Yeah, he's just a, he's just, you know, he's, he's a prejudiced guy. He's, you know, he's, a he's still stuck in that macho, you know, sort of Latino macho world of, of, uh, Machismo yes. and all that stuff, you know. So now he's, let's uh, he's make get past that. For our landlords. <laughs> Why? That's weird. Why are you friends with your landlord? Like really good friends with your landlord. That's strange. And no one else in the building. You have no other friends. There's no one, no other characters. Just you guys. Did you all die in a car accident? That's all, that's all you need. Hell? It's kind of like the honeymooners, though. There's only four people in their apartment building. Like it. Like it always. It always reminded me of Dick Van Dyke Show, which again is number eight in this. Um, wow. Whereas, like, they are like show business, but like, whenever uh, Mary Tyler Moore wants to be in the show, you know, Rob Petrie is like, "Yeah, she's really great." And then they go and they do a number, and she's great. And then uh, you know, Rosemary wants to be in the yeah, yeah, she's great. Everyone's great. Yeah, sure, they all perform and it's great, and it all worked out for us. We're all really good at this. Yeah, yeah, that's more pleasant than. No, I want the man to be in the show. <laughs> no wife of mine to be in the show. <laughs> Gross. The best Lucy episode is one where they travel to Hollywood and she goes to the Brown Derby because she wants to see a star. And then William Holden is eating in the Brown Derby. And Lucy, <laughs> she's in the booth you know, beside his. And so she, she's like, kneeling like a vulture above him while he's eating just kneeling there like he's just eating and then he he can obviously feel like something's creepy is happening he's kind of looking around and it's just it's really well done it's just very good that's that's the only lucy bit or anything that i I saw that i i that i've liked very much so you didn't like shoving the uh, chocolates into her bra Eh, it's okay it's Okay. okay it's okay it's okay. It's Charlie Chaplin did it already. It's all right. It's it's okay. I mean, when I when I was growing up, I liked uh, whatever the show was where it was Mr. Mooney, and so yes. I liked those ones. That yeah, was that was that seemed more that seemed more appealing. Where she was just working with for, for this guy who was kind of a a finicky jerk. What did she work at? Work in a bank or something like that? Yeah, I worked in a bank. That was uh, that was her. The Lucy one. Show. Uh, it was the Lucy show. It wasn't I love. Lu- uh, it was I love Lucy. The Lucy show. Here's Lucy. Oh, uh, look more fucking Lucy. <laughs> and uh, has anyone seen Lucy? And that was a later one. And she, she always just wander off. Um, but yeah, they worked. It worked in a bank, and there was a lot more celebrities in that one. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, and she was always screwing up with something with the money, and he was ooh because it's money. It makes sense. Yes. She's not good with money. Yeah. She's in charge with money. Yeah. You need to get that money back. Well, that. <laughs> That makes sense. This sure. is logical. Uh, yes. Poor Mr. Mooney has to go visit Mr. Potter and beg for the money. 
<laughs> yes, that's exactly what he had. Yeah, who's sorry? I'm blanking. Uh, yeah, he was basically the Margaret Dumont of uh, of uh, you know, her life. He was, he was the you know the the big Chris. Yeah, yeah. Who would just be a big stuffed shirt. He was more of the yeah yeah bounce off of. I was trying to think of that uh, that great actor. He was in. He did a lot of W. C. Field films because he was he was so great as that sort of prissy with his pince nez glasses and I can't remember the name of the actor though. If anyone can remember, let me know. Who was the yes actor? Who was that guy? Yes, I don't know his name. Frank something, I believe, but yes. Okay. For, uh, Jack Benny cast member. Yeah, he uh, he 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 got a lot of hay, made a lot of hay out of that. Oh Good yeah, that was a time. You know, he was that was so great that you know Warner Brothers based a whole cartoon around it. You know they did, right? So I don't know that. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just guessing. He was in a lot of cartoons. It like, just feels like any. It just feels like they would just like steal wholesale other people's bits for their yes, for their cartoons true. it's so weird yeah there was never a law a lawsuit or anything about that <laughs> yeah uh I, I remember he was in a series of commercials for i want to say uh yeah frank nelson that's him. um i want to say it was for like mcdonald's okay i don't yeah. know anyway, he did the but he was also he, did oh, the he yes was also thing? he was also in that flywheel uh shyster and flywheel oh okay that we talked about on Completely Beatles yeah. with uh, Groucho and Chico. <laughs> completely Beatles, that's right. Oh, sorry. Completely with, with Ringo, Groucho, yeah. and Chico. Mostly Marxists is what we call <laughs> Yeah, full Marx. Uh, um, Franklin Pangborn was the name of that actor I was trying to think of who was very, uh, obviously a, a gay gay man, but he played, uh, you know, the sort of uh, very uptight, prissy sort of character who's very, you know, very very precise, you know, just a sort of perfect foil for someone like W.C. Fields, you know, whether he's the bank auditor and the bank dick or the the producer being pitched uh, Fields' ludicrous screenplay for in uh, Never Give a Sucker an Even Break, which is, mm. by the way, one of the greatest films ever made. So uh, I, I will agree. He showed this to me once tonight. It was delightful. Yeah. He, uh, yes, Frank Nelson did do the McDonald's ads, uh, yeah, with the years for, uh, <laughs> but he was also mm-hmm. did an episode of Saturday Night Live, yeah, uh, with Tim Curry as He's the also guest host. Shows with Jim Carrey and the Yes Man. Yes, this is absolutely not true. You're just making things up now. You're throwing me off here. <laughs> sorry, You're throwing me off. Sorry. What's was, number three? You, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The last time he ever recorded his uh, his famous phrase oh, was sure. in the uh, Garfield in Paradise cartoon. So there you go. He was also on the Snorks. You're losing me. Okay, how about this? Okay. How about he was uh, the voice of Uncle Dudley on Dinky Dog? Once again. Huh? All right, how about he was the national president of AFTRA? There. Oh. Uh, the actors you need. Sure. So there you go. All right. That's good for him. All right. They out, You know what? What they liked about him? He always passed the motions. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do we have enough? We need one more yes, Frank. Yes. No. <laughs> what? Yeah. He also goes to college, so there. I didn't realize there was more than one Bonzo movie. Yes, there was a few of them. What but I think only one do? starred Ronald Reagan. Oh, really? It was only one? Oh, okay. I think so. I- I'm saying that as if I know something. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So what's Here's number three? What's number three? Oh, uh, let's see. Did I keep did I keep that up or did I not? <laughs> no, great. Uh, I think number three was uh, an episode of VR. Man, who cares? Well, come VR. on, you started this. I wanted to hear what the other ones were. Uh, okay, all right. Let's see. Uh, t- don't tell uh, me you don't tell me you closed your tab. That is my wife. Yeah, I, I did. Now nah, I closed my tab. It's gone. 
There's no way of finding that again. Let's oh, see. no, no. Oh, no, yeah, I got it. Here we go. Okay. Bring it, bring it back. Sure, sure. Um, yes. So here's it goes. Uh, Mayor Tyler Moore, I Love Lucy, then Yes, ER. Oh, okay. Uh, then it was, uh, never, you know. I never watched ER, so I, I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, it had some episodes. Okay. It had some episodes. Uh, and they did experimental stuff. They did a live episode. That's right. I remember that. That's right. Yeah. And it's some stuff. That's pretty daring. Uh, and they had to do yeah. it twice, right? They had to do the live one twice. That's right. For the different coasts. Yeah. Yeah. And they changed stuff up a little bit. I'll just, I'll just tell you what these are because, you know, there's no reason you can guess these. Number four is uh, Seinfeld, the episode The Boyfriend. I, I don't watch Seinfeld, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know um, that either. Then it's uh, The Odd Couple, and the episode is Password. I don't know that one. Um, the huh. Honeymooners, the $99,000 answer. I assume Ralph goes on a game show and doesn't lose money, and it's sad. I didn't like that show. I, yeah, that show's a hard one to watch. Yeah, it's like... I gotta make a lot of money, and we're gonna get out of here. No, you don't. You stay where you are forever. <laughs> yeah, dreams crushed. That couldn't have dreamt. It I mean, when you have a sit, sit sitcom, you can't really change the situation of the sitcom because when, when you, you do, you end up with Roseanne. But so I can understand that. But at least it should have. When it was gonna end, they should have like at least gave like an idea of they're moving up or moving on. Like it just feels the. Pro- I think the problem is. With Ro- with Roseanne, at least in the oldie episodes, yeah, she'd be sarcastic and whatever. But you could tell like she loved her family and like yeah. the couch was comfortable. Yeah, and they liked watching TV and they liked doing what they're doing. Yeah, but like the honeymooners is like Ralph never came in and just went, "This is a great place. Oh, what a delicious meal! I couldn't be happier with my way too beautiful for me wife. And, oh, I, things worked out good for me. It's always, oh, we're getting out of here." this dump he's mad and he's mad and they're being mean to each other and they're just mean everyone's mean and you know and uh, they got a dumb friend (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah just mean like he like uh, you know ed norton's doing fine he's got he's got a very pretty wife she seems nice yeah they seem to enjoy themselves that's the thing like i'd rather just see what uh norton's doing upstairs because he's like (laughs) no he's having a good time yeah you know, but they're miserable down below, and it's like he's got a scheme to get him out of this, and then it fails. So you were a fool to try. Don't yeah. even try, <laughs> honeymooners. Uh, then it's Cheers with the episode Thanksgiving Orphans. Okay, I'm man, sure I don't. I, I was a fan of that show up to a point, and then I kind of faded away from it. But okay, was that when Shelley Long left? Uh, I think I watched into the with the next character, the next actress. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly when it was. I, you know, it just, you know, like when a show goes on for a long time, eventually you get, you get it, right? Yeah. You're like, I get it. Okay, I'm good. Like to me, Cheers, they enjoyed being at Cheers, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yep. That that part's all right. No, it's that fine. fine. It's a fine show. Yeah, no one, no one there. It's like Sam isn't always going. I got to get out of this bar. <laughs> oh, I got to get out of here. You know, uh, I guess uh, Shelly Shelly Long's character wanted to leave, and then did. So that worked out okay. Yeah. Um, and then it's the Dick Van Dyke show uh, with the episode Coast to Coast Big Mouth. I don't know what that one is, but I love the Dick Van Dyke show. I did too. The one the one that I remember the most is the one where it's the night um, that Laura's going to the hospital. Like she's reaching the point of where the baby's going to come. And there's a scene where Dick Van Dyke is laying in bed and he's like, <laughs> he's got his hat placed behind him. And he's like practicing putting it on really quickly. So he's like prepared to go. But it's just that great comedy thing about the hat. 
like how important the hat is in comedy. It's a bit of business. Yeah. It's so um, it's so weird how what the hat means in in comedy. It's like it's a constant thing. Every like every great comedian you know of a certain generation had a signature hat. You know, like if you see a hat in a certain way, you know who that comedian was, right? And then, right. uh, Dave, by the way, you're fading in and out a little bit right now. Oh, just to you, I hope, because uh, I seem to be fine here. So maybe you're okay. Fair enough. You went away for just a little bit. Okay, and you're back. Okay, okay. Maybe I turned my head. I should have done that. Uh, these mics are really—they have like uh, a laser, <laughs> a laser beam. No, I got, I got you. What I, what I was hearing was this: you were talking, then it went room, then it went room, and then you were back. Because <laughs> I was maybe I was going off mic and back and forth and. You know what I shouldn't do is sit on this pendulum while I'm doing the show. That's yeah, that is true. Yeah. I shouldn't well, be on a metronome while I'm doing well, this. Well, that's because you that's record fine. your show over your pit. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, that's but anyway, that, that's a, that's a great episode of the Dick Van Dyke Show. I, I I agree with you also that I like the fact that they were a loving com- a couple and he never threatened to punch her. Yeah, no kidding. That was that was good. Yeah, she was a little a little whiny at times. Yeah, but, but that she, was part of the that's part yeah, of the greatness she of it. Stuff and she was uh, they they clearly loved each other a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my favorite is of course you know uh, the walnut episode where he's having the streams about uh, aliens, and then he opens up the closet door and it's full of walnuts, and she just slides in on the walnuts, <laughs> and it's like both hilarious and creepy and sexy, and it's just like. <laughs> That's a hat trick. I don't even know that one. That's great. Oh, it's a great. Oh, Oh, the walnut episode is great. Like you would, you would be delighted to watch. I I didn't start watching Dick Van Dyke until I met Lisa, and the reason that was what was because well because her at her parents' house they had three channels, which was so bizarre and absurd to me. But they they had three channels, three because they had an antenna. And what they could get by antenna was three three channels. So so on KVOS, of course, they would play in the good old days. They would play. I guess they still do now, but it's all all that, right? So they yeah. they would have like you know uh, in the in the afternoon they would have reruns of old shows, and that's we would make it a point of stopping whatever we we're doing or being home in time to watch the Dick Van Dyke show. So I did I did see a lot of those shows. Not you know I wasn't always there, so I didn't see all of them, but I watched a good 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 deal. Good um, show. The, Next. Yeah, some, Oops, sorry. Some, to say something I really liked about it was uh, when seeing them writing together, Buddy and uh, Rosemary's character Sally and yeah. Uh, yeah. and Rob. It was one of the few shows where like people enjoyed their work. Yeah, yeah. Like they just really enjoyed their work, and it looked like a fun office. Yeah. And you know, like, he couldn't think of something, and Rob would just start doing push-ups. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that seems right. And they're just laughing around and goofing, and, like, coming up with stuff, and yeah. then uh, it's successful. It's not like. Someone doesn't come in and go like, "Stop goofing!" It's like, "Keep goofing!" This is how we come up with stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, it's good. good the, they were good at their jobs. Yeah, you know, it's still high high stress, and you know, the boss was a jerk. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you didn't see his face for quite a while. That was a great. Um, that was a great gag too. Yeah, it was a good. Yeah, it was a solid gimmick. I don't know if that was the the first time someone pulled that off or not in a sitcom, but it became a regular trope for a lot of sitcoms. Uh, and, yeah, and then later on, there was the Alan Brady cartoon, which wasn't good, but yeah, I can imagine you know, I wasn't. Do? I was thinking Mary Tyler Moore, uh, her legs were featured in, in Richard Diamond as his secretary. Yeah. And it was, it was a secret who it was. Mm-hmm. And when it was revealed that it was her, she, she left the show. But had to leave her legs behind. She, <laughs> she did not leave her legs behind. She still had legs on the Dick Van Dyke show. 
Yeah, that career had legs. <laughs> okay, next one. A smart lady, Number smart, one. smart lady. Number nine, The Bob Newhart Show. Ooh, man, what a show. Episode Over the River and Through the Woods. Don't know what that means. but uh, I what, don't know either, but I know what it was a great, great show. show. It was a great show. Once again, it looked like... Uh, you know, uh, people people working together in shared office space mm-hmm. or office building, a dentist, yeah, yeah. receptionist, and they uh, liked each other. They were still uh, some barbs, yes. you know, and uh, and goofums, uh, <laughs> but uh, but it was uh, it was great. And then you know, he's he's a therapist. And it's such a great uh, situation for a Bob Newhart to who's the great reactor. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. to be able to react to this stuff. But uh, it was never like super mean, and it looked like uh, again he loved. His wife, and so it was nice seeing them. Mm-hmm. They, they never had a thing. I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you, Bob. Suzanne Plachette. And uh, Lorenzo Music was the co-creator and uh, wrote the theme song. Mm-hmm. Voice of Garfield. And he also was the voice of Rhoda's um, doorman. Your doorman. Yeah. Who also had an animated uh, pilot that did not really go anywhere. Because <laughs> I think he had a hand in. I guess he must have had a hand in the creation of Rhoda as well. It must have been a part of Mary Tyler Moore. So. I don't know. Maybe. That is a very good question and one that should be looked up. Uh, and number 10, <laughs> yep. I do know this one. Okay. Uh, and it's The X-Files. And the episode is uh, Kyle uh, Bruckman's Final Repose, which was a oh, very Peter, good episode. Peter Boyle was yeah. the other one? You know what? Lisa raved about that episode to me when she saw it. And that, at that time, I was working in the evening, so I, I, didn't, I didn't watch The X-Files. But I do remember that she loved that episode so much. Yeah, I and, did. Uh, I did too. Did, did you see, see it? And not liked it. Uh, not like it. I've never seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very good episode. I'm going to spoil one thing from from it. Um, Lisa spoiled he, it for me already. He would see how uh, people uh, died. Yeah. And so, it, and they and they were both skeptical about this. And so they're they're driving in a in a car at one point, and uh, and Mulder Mulder asks, uh, you know, so uh, how do I die? And uh, basically, it's uh, autoerotic asphyxiation. And like, yeah, that's a possibility. And then, uh, and then Scully just goes, "All right, fine. How do I die?" And he just like takes a pause. You, you don't. And that's the end of that scene. Huh. I was like, "Oh, interesting." And that just, yeah, it was just such a great line. It was like, "Oh, she never died." Well, what's that about? And then, you know, as things progress, you're kind of like, "Yeah, maybe that, maybe that is like how things go for her." It was very, it was very cool. And uh, yeah, Peter Boyle was uh, was was pretty great. So did Lorenzo Music uh, co-create uh, Rhoda? That's an interesting question. Let's uh, let's see. Uh, I'm not seeing that at all. Oh, okay. Nope. So he was just an oh, actor. Wait, wait, on... wait. Uh, he no, he just was a writer for. Uh, oh, just a writer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he was a, yeah he was a writer and regular performer on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. He worked as a writer on the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Mm. Uh, yeah, co-created a Bob Newhart Show. Uh, kept writing for Rhoda, did the Carlton Your Doorman character, did a cartoon of Carlton Your Doorman. Uh, and uh, there you go. Then Garfield, Garfield, Garfield. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good career ender, the Garfield thing. I don't mean that ended his career, but I just mean that's a good career topper where you don't have to like do that much work. You just do some voice work and you're not that the voice work is easy. I guess I I shouldn't say anything. I will just shut and up. And then in uh, yeah, later years uh, he did uh, Stan Freeberg's uh, Stan Freeberg presents the United States of America, Volume Two. Oh, I've got that actually sitting right here at my desk beside me. Oh, there you go. Because I was uh, putting it in, onto my computer for for a reason. Oh, I, I saw this cute little cat sleeping beside me. Oh. All all our pets are getting old. It's very sad. 
this is uh, this is uh, this is what happens. Yeah. Uh, our our uh, our cat was uh, mad and and uh, hiding today because uh, two days ago uh, we had a little. Okay, we got three floors to where I live. Yeah. Uh, each floor has a fire alarm on it. Uh, okay. You know, standard fire alarm. Sure. And then uh, we woke up. They had a morning where, first of all, the cat just went, "Hey!" I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, that's a weird one. all right," and just cuddled. And it's fine. And then the next thing was uh, hearing in the hallway, uh, change battery, change <laughs> battery, change battery. Like, okay, well, I'll change the battery later. Change battery. So I the, open the battery thing so it won't tell me that anymore. Yeah. Hopefully we won't have a fire for the next little while. Then I go back to bed and then, and it's uh, two chainsaws that are like, right off of my window and they're cutting the trees outside my window. Like, oh, that's a lovely morning had by all. Yeah. So, um, so, uh, that afternoon, like, well, change battery. It's happening even without the, uh, battery. Like it's uh, the battery's out. And I'm like, I don't know how this is going on. It's, it's still talking <laughs> to me, even though there's no juice in it. Yeah. Okay. It must, must be a fail safe so that people cannot do what you did and then forget about putting the battery in it. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'll. I will solve this mystery shortly. Okay. Um. So yeah. Basically, uh, I tried taking. The, so I took a battery out. I put a new battery in. I shut it. It went now. Now press the button to reset. So I hit the button. Scream! And not only did it go off, the uh, the floor underneath and then the floor in the basement, all of them go off simultaneously. All of them screaming, fire! 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 and so i'm like i'm plugging them and like it's just and so the cat's freaking out yeah yeah it's this high note it's like blah and so you know change i'm changing that battery and like nothing and so like shit maybe it's uh, so i go down and uh the 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 one on the main floor i change that battery nothing and so end up just like going and turning the power off because it's too loud and so I, uh, I after after we videotape me doing this to show to our landlord, going, huh, huh, what do you think? Uh, and uh, and uh, then we just take all the batteries out of all of the fire uh, things and go like, we got to figure out how this goes and what have you. So anyway, here's here's what what I figured out later on was going on. Yeah, all three of them are wired are wired in, but not with power, but like connected together. So if one goes off, they all go off. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what occurred was uh, the one in the basement, it was the one that, that the battery was gone. But because I pl- uh, I changed the battery in the top one, somehow that just set them all off. <laughs> and yeah, screwbity doobity do. So we had to disassemble, like take the wiring out for all of them and reassemble and da da da. We figured that all out today. But to do that, we had to then, of course, reset them all, which made the beep. And so, you know, the cat's been underneath the, the, the living room table, just like as a big fluff ball for the whole day. So <laughs> we went out and we got some sushi and uh, and uh, he got some uh, sushi treats uh, tonight. of so a little bit of salmon and uh, we've been like really snuggly with him. So, nice. but how's that? How's your cat doing? How's that? Uh, oh, she's fine. It's just, you know. Mr. Beast, meow, meow, meow. Mr. Beast, meow, meow, meow. She was... She was, um, you know, she was like, she used to be able to hop over a fence, you know, cat-like, she had cat-like reflexes, but now she can just like barely get up on a chair that I'm yeah. to jump into my lap. And I just, it's just so sad, you know, to, 
as they get older. She's still she's still pretty good pretty good Nick though. She's seems healthy. Yeah. And so she's uh she's been really affectionate the last little while though. Like today she she came in the house. Um she sat near like she she just sat on the floor um patiently waiting for me to eat dinner. Then when I I went in and I I watched a, a show you recommended that by the way is very good. Well, so this show. A little show called Ted Lasso. Okay. All right. I watched four episodes of it the, fir- the first night we started to watch it. It's like, well, let's just watch one and see what it's like four episodes later. So what I'm telling people is I recommend that you have your daughter buy herself an iPad Pro <laughs> and get get some, you know, get a free subscription to a- Apple Apple TV and use that to watch Ted Lasso. I will agree with that. That's yes. I'm recommending. So... So then she came and she sat in my lap because she likes to lay in my lap while I'm watching TV Aww. so I can pet her. And so she did that for a while. And then I, I got up to come outside. And so then she she followed me through the house. And then she followed me out back and came down the stairs with me. And then she came into the shop with me. So she's here now. Aww. It's nice when you have a cat that's more like a dog than a cat. Oh, absolutely. I mostly have dog cats. Yeah, for sure. This is nice. Like, you know, who wants a cat that's, that's mad at you? But what I was... <laughs> But, you know, I, it was just sort of funny when you're talking about noises in the morning because I was thinking about, I just got a new phone. I've, I've been off, I've, I've, my, my old phone, my phone I was using before this one, the battery just died recently. And I decided it, it's been six months, like off contract or whatever. So I thought, well, I might as well just get a new phone and, and uh, continue on pay, paying way too much to own a phone. And, and so I got a, a, a Motorola phone. And I was kind of used to the LG because I've had LGs for for the last uh, four or five years. So so that so I was kind of used to that. And so the new phone is a little different. Like the, the old LG for its alarm in the morning, it played this nice little song. You know, kind of a chiming song, and that was very nice. So then I just set the alarm for this phone, and I didn't. And with the with the LG, I didn't set set a what the alarm would be. Mm-hmm. And so I just like set it with the Mo- Motorola one, thinking, oh, it'll be a nice sound. <laughs> but it's not a nice sound at all. It's like the most terrible sound in the world. What is the sound? Well, let me just play it for you, and then you can experience. So imagine you're sleeping. That's the oh, most yeah, important thing. Imagine you're sleeping, <laughs> and then you wake up. Let me just turn up my sound. Make sure it's up. Then you wake up to this. <laughs> now you're you're stumbling around. Where where did I put the phone? What the hell? What is going on? Let me turn it off. Oh, it's just awful. It's the most awful I, thing. I just worry that I would have uh, killed my rooster. <laughs> also, it's... by the way, I think you may be arousing your chickens. <laughs> it's just like, oh, rooster's in town. Hey. hey. Put on a little uh, makeup <laughs> to do a little chicken lipstick. Put a little uh, eyeshadow. They're, fa- they're fainting. Frankie. There's another, exactly. War- another Warner Brothers reference for everyone. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> So yeah, no, this is the first time it happened. It was just, it was horrible. And then, so then the phone gives. Whoop! What am I doing now? I press another one. <laughs> that um, let me get out of there. So then the phone gives you this option. It has like this morning thing where it like, it does like a whole morning ritual for you. You can do whatever. It can do like a bunch of different things for you, because you can have your Google Assistant routine as part of it. Mm-hmm. So when you like turn off your, you turn off your alarm, then it tells you what the weather is and what the traffic conditions are and things like that. Um, which is, it's wrong, the wrong time for that, to be quite honest with you. Like it, Google is like the routine should be like a half an hour or something later. Then it tells you how long it is to work. Like, cause when you get up in the morning, the traffic's great. It's six in the morning. No one's on the road yet, or it's minimal traffic. But when I am leaving the house an hour later, 
then it's a different story, you know? So I would rather know what it's like then. But anyhow, yeah. that's my complaint. That's fine. But so I, so I so I turned that on, gave, you know, gave myself a six, six in the morning alarm, blah, 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 forgetting that I had previously set a 6.15 a.m. alarm with this ridiculous rooster thing going on. And so, so I got up, you know, 6 a.m., the alarm went off. Great. Was downstairs having a shower <laughs> in the shower. And then it's... You're just, and of course you're covered in soap the, the shower's going I'm not getting out of the shower and making a big mess so I can turn off this stupid rooster so I'm like just showering with a rooster crowing for the for 15 minutes oh it's sure. great it's wonderful what a wonderful experience <laughs> who what insane mind thought that was a good idea to put that as an alarm by the way it's just awful an awful sound no one wants a rooster crowing I mean yes in an ideal world you know the idea of like a, a a cockadoodle do from the distance is it's very nice it's charming it's great you're but not a cockadoodle dude listen <laughs> i'm not and roosters they don't i don't keep your schedule they have their schedule they're not going to cockadoodle do when you want them to cockadoodle do they're not going to cockadoodle do at 10 in the morning when you are finally getting up princess no no they're cockadoodle doing at six in the morning or earlier when the sun gets, so in the summertime, it's like five in the morning, they're making a bunch of racket. Screw that. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll keep my roosters on my phone, please. <laughs> what a thing. What a thing. I, I just wonder what people are thinking sometimes when they're doing stuff like that. I'm going to throw this out as one of our questions of the week. Um, what do you like to wake up to? What's your ideal thing mm. to wake up to? Mm-hmm. Uh, is he like an alarm? Do you like a rooster crowing? Do you like someone just going, <laughs> time, to, time to get up? Do you like just like let the sun come in the window, hit you in the face, wake you up that way? Uh, to wake up on your own, on your own damn time. Don't tell me what to do, mister. <laughs> what, do you, what, do you, what do you, how do you like to wake up? What's your, what's your ideal wake up? Yeah, I think the idea of someone waking me up, it just has bad connotations. So that means I slept in. Mm. That's bad news. That means I missed my alarm and... Uh... Uh oh! Now it's quarter to seven. <laughs> you've only you've only got fifteen minutes before you have to leave. Hurry yeah, up, hurry up, Dave. I just know if I have to wake up for anything, I will very rarely sleep much at all, like more than two hours. Oh really? That. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. If I know I have to wake up, I'll yeah. be constantly like, huh? But I will always wake <laughs> up exactly when it's time to wake up as well. I will then go to sleep like huh. half hour or whatever before it's time to wake up, and yeah. then like on the dot, like on like one. One minute right before the alarm goes off is when I wake up, wake up. Huh. And like, and eh, click. Yeah, it's very rare that an alarm ever wakes me up. It's always like one minute before, click, done. Hmm. Whatever my internal clock is, it's not bad. I, I rarely wake up before my alarm. My alarm is what, what gets me what gets me up. Cause do you, I, you incorporate know, you in, in, into your dreams or do you just like straight wake up? I straight wake up and I'll, I also keep my phone far away from the bed. So I, I have to get out of bed to turn it off. And that way, I, I, I don't I don't snooze at anything. I just get up and I, I start my day. I don't. Well, I've heard you snooze, you lose. <laughs> well, that's that's for sure because yeah. it sometimes doesn't work out so well. Um, but you know what's funny is um, it's not hilarious, but it's it's um, amusingly. It's okay. We're winding down. You don't have to be hilarious again. <laughs> you should have told me that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't think I had to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we had the time change this weekend, and, uh, and that was interesting because. I was outside working. I was doing uh, doing notes for for listening party, and and then it was like it was two in the morning. And I was thinking, well, that, that's not bad. It's two thirty. That's pretty. That's pretty good. So I, you know, I got up, and stretched, and I went went inside to go to bed. 
and I looked at the clock on the stove, which doesn't go back automatically. Yeah. I'm like my phone and my computer, and it was 3.30. <laughs> it's like, oh, shoot. Oh, well. Going to bed at 3.30. So, But on Sunday, I was I was tired because I got to bed. I got up. I went to bed at 3.30, but I got up at 8. Mm. So so I was kind of discombobulated on Sunday a little bit with time. And so at night, I was quite tired, and so I, I went to bed like at 10.30 at night, and which was 11.30, but still, you know, it's 10.30. And then on Monday morning, I woke up. At 5.30, I woke up a half an hour before my alarm. And so I just got up. But then I was like, I was so out of it all day. Like, I just didn't, it, I just didn't feel present in the day, the whole day. Like, I, I just felt kind of like nervous. And I, I was nervous that I was screwing up my orders and stuff when I was doing, you know, uh, doing stuff at work. Because I just felt off, like really off. And so then that night, I was working, I was doing coloring and editing, listening party till till three in the morning so i went to bed at three and i got up at six in the morning to go to work and i felt great <laughs> it was so weird ah. like you think oh you only got three hours that's terrible and i you know i'd be like oh yeah oh woe is me but no i felt great i felt great all day i just felt like so good now whether that's an illusion i don't know because <laughs> then someone else at work who admittedly is a bit of an a-hole or asshole if you prefer um was accusing me the next day of being of looking tired and 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 walking around with my eyes closed at work, which I I was thinking like, well, no, because I was rushing to finish two orders at the end of the day. I couldn't have been like, I couldn't have been like, you know, sleeping in the stacks if that's what I was, you know, doing. So no, I was I was awake and alert. So I that garbage. I don't know that that was just someone being weird. So um, yeah. I just felt, you know, like, and of course the rest of the week was, you know, it was kind of like one of those things were like, oh, I got more sleep last night. I went to bed at 2.30 instead of 3. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's just weird. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, if I've gotten so used to like not having that much sleep that when I'm over, when I'm, I've slept too much, my body's just like, I don't know what to do with this. What is all this extra sleep? What am I supposed to do with it? So I'm, I'll just keep starving out of sleep. Let's get dancing. Dancing, dancing, dancing. Woo! <laughs> Maybe that's what I should have done at work. Should have. Yeah. Start boogieing. Boogieing uh, down. By the way, I'm uh, throwing a uh, hey out to our friend Gladys, who uh, I found out is listening to our shows now. Oh, so, uh, hi, hi, Gladys. Hello. Long time uh, no see. Yeah, she's doing some nerdy stuff while she's Oh, cool. Not that, not that we're any to judge. No, don't. I'm not judging at all. I'm sitting no. in the middle of my own personal nerd museum here. Yeah, uh, oh, there we go. She's been playing uh, Civilization Six. Don't know what that means, but that's cool. I don't know. It says Civ Six, so I'm assuming mm. that stands for Civilization Six. How about Civics Six? She's doing a course in Civics. It could that could also be? Oh wow! No, I don't think you play a course in school. You play a course of golf. Of course you do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's get to letters. Hey, before you go to letters, no. What was that question you were asking me for? Oh, how do you like to wake up? How do you like to wake up? Okay, how thanks. How do you like to wake up? And how do you like your coffee? And the answer is crisp. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, just one more story. One more story. One more story from, Please, from Halloween night. Story, Dave. For yeah, Halloween night. Everyone gather around. We'll have another story. <laughs> so we, we had to go because, you know, that was Lisa's birthday. We had Chinese food while we were handing out the candy and stuff. And then uh, we had to, we were going to a concert that night. My, my nephew's girlfriend was playing and singing with a band at a show. So we went, we went to that. And so we left and we still had candy. So I put the chocolate bars, I had four chocolate bars left over. So I put them out on our stoop. There was two coffee crisps and two Kit Kats. And then we left. 
And when we got home, I, of course, immediately went there to see if, if any had been taken or, or they were all gone. So two Kit Kats were gone, but the two Coffee Crisps were still there. So I, I ate one of the Coffee Crisps and Mary, Mary ate the other one. Mm. But I thought that was very good. Very honest of children, too, to leave them there. Oh, I don't know if I would have done that myself. Well done, youth. Yeah. Kid, um, kids uh, are better than they were. They are. Kids uh, do the darndest things. I thought they said the darndest things. Well, they don't. Yeah. But their actions are also important. That's right. They speak louder than words. By the way, uh, I'm going to throw this out before uh, before I get to the letters. Um, oh, we can interrupt um, it now, are you? Yeah, because, uh, you know, we're trying to avoid just watching uh, the news now. Uh, so uh, oh. we got kind of hooked on this British quiz show. Okay. <laughs> and uh, it is called Only Connect. Okay. Are you, are you familiar with this show at all? I am not. I'm not. Okay. So here's what it is. Uh, it's a it's a it's insanely hard show that will just make you go how? But all these people are like answering these questions. So oh, it's like, okay. There's four rounds. One round is connections. They'll put up like one at a time. They'll put up clues. Yeah. And you'll have to guess what the connections are between the clues. So they put up the first one and then the second one, and you could like stop there and get extra points, or go all the way to the end, and then it goes a little more apparent, but it doesn't. <laughs> so there's that. And it, but the, the connections are yeah. things like, oh, you know what? If you take one letter out of each of these, uh, they become vegetables. Or, you know, oh, these were all the parents of, uh, of Shakespearean characters. Like, what the hell? I know. Like, like it's insanely just, yeah, hard. Yeah. It's a, it makes you go, what kind of education system do they have in England? Oh, they yeah. know stuff like this. Yeah. Round two is sequences. So you got to find the, the fourth one in the sequence. Yeah. Uh, then it's a connecting wall. So they have... Uh, 16 uh, tiles and you've got to arrange them in groups of four with their connections but the connections are ridiculous like ridiculous and then it's uh, it's just the fast round at the end of missing vowels here's things missing vowels but then they're so long and ridiculous as well that you're like how could anyone and yet they do and it's just a charming, <laughs> charming show I'll have to like, check it out like it would be possible it would be possible that like we could do these if we had a scratch pad and a pencil <laughs> and like each one of these you got to give us like five minutes really like work it through yeah yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. uh yeah they do it like instantly it's called only connect interesting and, and where is this available it is available on youtube just go youtube oh, okay. only connect okay. and you'll get the british uh, you, uh you'll see like a nerdy game show you can fast forward past all the you know meet the contestants off the top sure, of the sure. and just get to the thing you sure and, like to rush your shows yeah it's like i'm uh, i again i've never i've never uh over the last i don't know 10 years never heard a story from anyone on jeopardy it's just like, <laughs> so i hear you like you like wearing shoes <laughs> skip yeah i got five pairs five (laughs) pairs of shoes that really is something and you i heard you went to the woods once and you saw something you didn't you didn't expect yeah um it was a very very big birdhouse (laughs) and uh how about you killed a man no no interesting stories (laughs) just bullshit that goes nowhere yeah i know and it's when you hear the stories you're like, man, if this person wins, this is their best story. Yeah, this is a better story. There's four more yeah, nights of this. There's four more nights of these stories, maybe. Should just go, yeah, that's nothing. I won on Jeopardy yesterday. <laughs> hey. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's my good story now. But uh, All right. 
the only connect is a reference to uh, the novel Howard's End. Okay. Uh, with, uh, with a quote, oh. only connect the prose and the passion and both will be exalted. Huh. That kind of obscure poll is what you'll get in the show. <laughs> Again, only connect. So sure. check, check that out. Okay, so to our letters. Last week on our show, Last we week. asked what's an effective way to use humor or humnar uh, as, as is written. Did I spell it, did I spell it yeah, humnar? Exactly. Yeah, it's humnar. Uh, God it? of laughter uh, to effect change. Uh, the uh, task of the week was... So uh, I was rushing. Someone is rushing through the show. That's okay. Continuing our uh, comic strip rock band name merge game. I, I had three pumpkins to carve, and it was Lisa's birthday. You know, I had things to do. I said, get, get her done. We also asked for a demonstration of the Monster Mash, if anyone can. And if you had a picture of yourself in costume, uh, send that as well. And we did get a picture, which was nice. Um, yeah. So let's go. Most people really jumped on the comic strip uh, rock band uh, thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matthew Sanborn Smith writes, Mary Worth, Wind and Fire. That was great. And also comments, I talked about wanting a googly eye uh, situation for my corpse. I and talked said, about it. Oh, did you? Very good then. Uh, I, I don't listen to the show. You so said you wanted be... You said you wanted eyes like a Muppet and I said, oh, you, we could just put googly eyes in your corpse. Very good then, yes. <laughs> okay, so David Dedrick wrote, do you want me to read yours? Sure. Okay. Uh, with a newspaper open in front of me, actually two of our local papers, I was able to come up with the following. Peaches and Herb and Jamal, Baby Blues Traveler, Candor Village People, One Big Happy Monday, Street Heart of the City, Adam and the Ants, which I did come up with on the show, right? Oh, did you? I'm uh, sorry. I did. Well, that's very fine. It's fine. T-Rex Morgan, MD. I like that one very much. The Family Circus also works for the British Group Family. And Mr. Mr. Buffo. There you go. There you go. Mr. Boffo. Uh, Todd writes, The Beetle Baileys, which I think I did come up with on the show. You did. And uh, uh, comments that Nancy Robertson as Lex Luthor would definitely get me watching DC movies again. <laughs> well, I will talk to her about it. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I would like to. She, she should play more villains. Um, yeah. Uh, Todd writes, again, Dave mentioned the Stanford prison experiment, mm. and I know the validity of the experiment's results have been criticized a lot over the years. It's alleged that, uh, that the experimenters strongly influenced the outcome by coaching the guards on how to behave, and that the most brutal of the guards acted that way simply because they assumed the experimenters wanted dramatic results. It's also been pointed out that the experiment subjects were recruited uh, from among those who responded to an ad asking for volunteers to run a prison simul simulation experiment, which probably <laughs> biases the sample from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, would you volunteer for a prison simulation? There's probably only a type of person <laughs> who would. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm not saying Those there's a, a dark side to human nature, just that the experiment might not be the best example. Oh, and Crazy Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think you also said. Um, now, I just want to just kind of talk to that point just a little bit more, sure. which is, I think when we were talking, I kind of got derailed from the point I was trying to make, which was not that we are cruel, but that humans, we, we want to please each other. And so we will do things to be agreeable. And so an example of that is the Stanford experiment where the, the prison guards were were acting in what they thought was appropriate to the the expectations of the, the testers. Another example of it is a test that, where they did where they had a doctor's waiting room full of people who were in on the, the experiment 
and one person who wasn't. And so the experiment was the person went into this waiting room and as they're waiting to see the doctor, a, a bell would ring and everyone would stand up and then they would sit back down again. And a couple, this, it happened a couple of times. And then this person started standing up with, with everyone and sitting down when, you know, and then slowly the actors all left and then real people came in and this person continued to do it. And everyone is, who else came in also joined in to the standing up to a bell and sitting down. So it's something that I was just trying to bring that up as an example of the fact that as humans, part of our social training is that we want to do what other people are doing and even to be agreeable to people. So sometimes we will do things that we're not super into, but we just want to be part of the group or we want to help someone out you know, so if someone from stage says, hey, everyone, clap your hands, most people in the audience will clap their hands. They don't really want to be clapping their hands. No one wants to clap their hands in an audience. But when someone on stage is clapping, everyone else claps along. Yeah, clapping, hooray. Oh, I love to clap my hands. Nothing like it. I just at home, I sit at home and my, you know, and just sometimes I'll just be watching TV and I'll just think, you know what? I'm just going to clap my hands for a while. No, no one does that, right? So it's just a, it was just, a, I was just bringing that up. This is an example of, you know, how human nature is and, 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 and stuff. So anyway, that, that's all I was, that's, I just thought I kind of realized when I was listening to the show. It happens when in the middle of an organic conversation that you do kind of, sometimes your mind gets off the track you're on and off on a different one. So anyway, go on. Okay, thank you. Um, but no, that's a good point. Uh, so uh, uh, Ferg writes, I'm listening on Tuesday. Thanks for taking my mind off the election for a while. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Remember that election? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Hopefully oh. by the time you're listening to this on Saturday, that is all a thing of the past and things are better. Um, uh, you guys are the best. <laughs> you're the best, Ferg. Uh, here are our Ferg's entries. Apartment 3G Love and Special Sauce. <laughs> That's great. Dondi on and the Belmonts. Oh, what a stretch. Manfred Mandrake, the Magician. Great. Sun Kill Moon Mullins. Oh, Ooh, man, we're brilliant. That's nice. And Miss Peaches. That's also great. That's a little cancon there for you, too. Peaches. She's great. Uh, Mick Elliott, good old Mick, says, Hi, gents. The challenge in using humor to affect change is that the people whose attitudes or beliefs would benefit most from change are generally also the most humorless. The most <laughs> difficult people I have ever encountered were almost always those who seem to have uh, long since lost the ability to laugh. Uh, but this is too deep. So here are some band comic mashups. Simon and Garfield. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Pog Pogoasis. Am I getting that right? Pogoasis. Pogoasis. Thank you. Uh, the fan Tom Waits, Steely nice. Dan Dare, Emmy Lou Reed, Iggy <laughs> Popeye, the Rocketeers for Fears. That is all, Mick. Rocket Rocketeers for Fears. That's very good. I like that one. Um, Rocketeer being a comic book, not a comic strip. Yeah, so. you know. No, uh... no, half points, Mick. Half <laughs> points. Sorry, sorry, Mick. Also, and I'm saying it's a comic. It's a comic book. It is also an animated cartoon now, and the Rocketeer is a little girl. Hmm. Um, is that on Disney Louis, Plus? What's that? Sorry, is that on Disney Plus? That I believe is on Netflix. Okay. And uh, no, no, it wouldn't be. It would be on Disney Plus because they have the Rocketeer. It's uh, a good question. Maybe. It doesn't really matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, but I will tell you this: that yeah. uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, not Bruce Campbell. Who's the other Campbell? Uh, begins with a B. Who uh, was the Rocketeer? Bill Campbell. Bill Campbell uh, is, uh, I believe, in the first episode and kind of gives her 
the uh, the rocketeer suit, which seems very dangerous to give a uh, a rocketeer suit to a little girl. Yeah, bad, bad on bad, bad on him for it that. It does, it does, it does. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Okay, very good. Louise writes. Here are my band, performer, and comics mashups, the ones you didn't scoop me on. <laughs> Here we go. All the right. Partridge Family Circus. Beautiful. The Black Eyed Peanuts. <laughs> Down Child Baby Blues Band. Good. Baby Blues. Good to work out. Peter Paul and Mary Worth. Very good. Say that one again. Uh, Peter Paul and Mary Worth. Oh, that's great. Bobby Sherman's Lagoon. That, and, just scoop uh, me on that one. I've got to now do uh, Lisa Simpson right now and just go. Bobby Sherman, Bobby <laughs> Sherman. There we go. Uh, Luluan. Oh, that's that's very good. I was trying to think of one for Luan the whole the whole episode, and I couldn't. Uh, Lu uh, Luan Murray. Um, <laughs> that's good too. Dunesburyana. Dunesbury. Rihanna. Dunes. Oh, Dunesburyana. Dunesbury and Rihanna. I don't know about that one. Dunesbury. Really, Dunesburyana. No, okay, that's good. No, no, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, sorry. It was just the way the Brianna, I was thinking of it as one, but no, no, Rihanna. That's, All right. That's good. All right. That's good. No, we don't want to start a fight it. with the I love people it. who are ready. I love it. Gilbert Bacharach. <laughs> Great. And Rex Morgan, Tenacious MD. Pretty good. Ah, very judgmental. <laughs> um, it's not judgmental. And uh, they appreciated, uh, she appreciated the tip for uh, school nurse files. A series about a South Korean paranormal ghost hunting school nurse checks a lot of boxes for us. Well, I hope you I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, she's got a, a medical note for us. Oh, okay. uh, thalidomide was used to treat nausea, aka morning sickness. Mm-hmm. My twin brother and I were in utero when it was available in Canada, but we were lucky it was not prescribed to my mom. Uh, there's an episode in the British drama called The Midwife where you see the kindly doctor prescribing it, and we viewers were gasping, "Oh no." Mm. Uh, then you see the consequences in subsequent seasons. Mm-hmm. Just last year, the Canadian government set up new compensation program for the survivors so that the repercussions are still being uh, felt 60 years later. Mm-hmm. It's a grim reminder now uh, for the need uh, for thorough drug trials before releasing any drug or vaccine to the public. Well, I can't see us getting any new vaccines soon, so I don't know why that warning would be necessary, but whatever. <laughs> um Oh, we're back with uh, young David Dedrick. Oh, um, me. Alder Grove, British Columbia. That is me. Those kids say the dangest things. Sure do. Here's a few more. The Fan Tom Tom Club. <laughs> Herman's Hermuts. Come on, that's good. Polly, Polly and her, I'm not judging, I'm just reading. Polly and her palace music. And Skin Alley Oop. There you go. Skin Alley Oop, yes. There you go. Louise, you scoop me on the Bobby Sherman one. Bobby Sherman. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby Sherman. Okay. Uh, Edward Dragansky writes, I was yelling, the artist formerly known as Prince Valiant, hoping either of you wouldn't mention it during the podcast, but Ian's sharp mind won out. Not sharp enough to play that game I was telling you about. Oh, God, do you feel dumb. Anyway, um, here's some You know thoughts. what? Just remember that British people do acrostic crossword puzzles from a young age. That's the so. thing. This is very cryptic crossword puzzles, yeah. yes. Uh, which I'll, yeah, I was going to say, uh, again, I was telling to my wife, uh, I, I think cryptic crossword puzzles would be something that I would enjoy, except the person who introduced me to them was uh, a girlfriend of mine who thought I was dumb. And so when she was doing them and I'd like say something, I'd get the old, ah, no. And I'm like, all right, this is no fun. So she ruined cryptic crossword puzzles 
and cribbage for me. Those are the two things. Really, cribbage? Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love cribbage. Her uh, sister, her sister also thought I was dumb. Wow. Dummy. Um, what a maybe family. I maybe I was. Uh, so anyway, Edward Trancy, <laughs> here are his entries. Lil Abnervana. Sorry, that made me choke. <laughs> <laughs> Little Orphan Annie Lennox. Nice. Mutt and Jeff Beck. Brenda Ringo Starr. Frank Zappa and Ernest. And the Far Side Project. There we go. Okay. Uh, Regis writes, Hi, thanks for the tips on Crispin. I will write it somewhere where I can find it again or buy directly the ebook. Uh, firstly, uh, because I have already uh, too many books. Secondly, the bookshops have been closed by the government. Thirdly, that's enough. Like, if they've closed, we're not going to... Okay. Thirdly, because I think it will be uh, complicated to find the English book here. And fourthly... Oh, there's no need for a fourth by this point. Uh, I don't need to explain myself. Uh, we're still in a democracy. All right, jeez. All of a sudden, we're the bad guys here. Anyway, speaking of democracy, uh, Trump is unfolding quietly. It's rhetorical. His master plan to end democracy, or rather start his own uh, one thousand year reign, if you see what I mean, I'm picking up the subtle things. Because huh? <laughs> um, you know, when we're talking Trump, things get real subtle. Um, meanwhile, he's mining the terrain. So if he loses, uh, it will still remain mostly uh, impractical, uh, practicable, uh, and I fear for a long time. Uh, and that's the best outcome for this sad mess. Yeah, it's a bit of a mess. It's going to take a lot of cleaning up. Just watch Borat. I like the madness, the provocation, and the global mess of the exercise but still wondering what I really watched. <laughs> and speaking of provocation, I frankly prefer uh, Borat over Fincher. At least it makes me laugh. Oh, <laughs> well, good. you know, like, yeah. There you go. Not you got fan. the Dave Well-Eye. Not a fan of Fincher, you know. Does not, not a fan of Fincher. Not a fan of the Fincher. Not a fan at all. No, no, sir. Not a fan of the picture. <laughs> Edward Dragansky writes, Ed. I got my sticker. I got my sticker. He's got a golden stick. He's got a golden stick. And off to Willy Wonka's with you, Edward. <laughs> Take that magical sticker. Learn some lessons with people. Anyway, uh, I love it too. I need to find a place to display it now. The colors are terrific. Very brilliant with great contrast. Thanks. What's also cool is that I uh, know what Dave's writing looks like now. More of a printing style <laughs> than cursive. Oh, Curious. I, I also yeah. write in cursive, Ed. All right, well, I got a question from Edward to you. Curious, Dave. Mm. Oh, that's the name of a monkey. Uh, <laughs> do you always print when you write, sir? Uh, no, I, I, I switch it up. I sometimes okay. will write, I'll sometimes print in a, that block letter style as if I was trying to be, um, what, Sam Rosen or... What was the other guy's name? Um, shoot, can't think. I was just thinking, trying to think of the letters for Marvel. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I know Todd Todd Klein for DC. Oh, I was I was thinking of the oldies. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. Edwards. So there's. I'm pretty sure that's. Oh, Artie Simic. And yeah, and Sam Rosen. Those were the. So I write like that, but I also I also have a very nice um, I have a very nice um, cursive hand script as well, which I did not learn in school because I gave up on trying to learn handwriting around grade six because I thought my handwriting was way too messy, and so mm. I, I went back to hand printing, which I thought was neater. 
And then I started doing it in block letters because I, A, because my dad wrote in block letters, which I always liked his, his writing. And then my, uh, I met a, a friend at in grade eight who also wrote in block letters and I liked the way he wrote. And so I started, I kind of picked up doing it that way. But I, when I was in my, um, when I was going to university and I was doing a lot of language courses, I thought this is a perfect chance to, to learn how to write. Cause I was just doing so much writing for, you know, so much, uh, for learning the words and stuff like that, you know, answering sentences and things and I would be rewriting them. And so I just started like, trying to learn to to write again and and I did a lot of writing in those <laughs> in those books and so I kind of taught myself to write again and so I have a, I think I have a nice hand for writing and I, but also I but yeah I also do some block letters depends what I'm doing interesting I've, I've uh, started printing in a different way than I used to I just notice myself when I'm doing it I'm like oh I print it differently than this and I pr- I just print it in an odd way and my A's are very different than they used to be I don't know when that happened but something happened that is that is strange, yeah. Yeah. And then I I can I'll, I'll sometimes switch up. I'll sometimes do uh, upper and lower case, or just all uppercase. Yeah, it's weird. I don't really have any set <laughs> set style. I think my I think my upper and lower case is more when I'm like quickly scrawling something like a shopping list. Like I'll just do a real quick print, you know, printed. But it's almost like almost like handwriting because I do it really quickly and so things kind of flow together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just depends what I'm doing. Um. So uh, Edward uh, goes on, when I took drafting in high school, uh, we had to print for the work we did, and I found it easier to write that way, as in uh, printing. I've never gone back to cursive since, and others will comment on how they can actually read my writing. I had a teacher in high school who forbid me to print when taking notes in class, thinking it uh, took too long to write, and a cursive was faster. No wonder I almost failed her class. (laughs) My humor uh, doesn't always work 100% on others. Uh, So I'm just taking a gamble using it to change uh, anything, let alone amuse someone. My wife, for example, uh, just may get madder at me if she thinks I'm not taking her seriously, but she knows me well enough to see through what I'm doing. It's effective to diffuse a situation with a stranger using humor, which may cause your opponent to change their mind after winning them over with it. I can change my kids' minds with uh, making them laugh if they're having a hard time with something, using humor to alleviate uh, them enough and realize that things aren't as tough as they think. When I finally hear that laugh, I know I'm doing it right. <laughs> no Halloween costume to speak of this year. We usually dress up at work, but since we're still quarantined, there was none of that. To prove that I have some shred of Halloween spirit, I'll email some photos from a recent Halloween in the workplace with me disguised as the Iron Chef. Uh, I'll appreciate your remarks on high fidelity. By the last by, the way, I I really like those pictures. I really like the yeah. pictures of you as Iron Chef. Uh, they were great. I laughed. Uh, I appreciate your uh, remarks on high fidelity last time. I also vaguely remember seeing the deleted scene about the woman's $100 record collection. I just can't remember when I saw fit. Uh, the movie also... I think he meant saw it. All right. Uh, I'm reading what he wrote, not what I assume he wrote. <laughs> the movie right. also uses uh, the tactic of breaking the fourth wall, which I like in small doses. Groucho did it best in horse feathers. And I guess I should cut old Jack Black some slack. I don't hate the guy, but his usual silliness reminds me of too many familiar people from my life, and it wears me down. I realize it's not Black's fault, but I've seen him act in other roles I prefer him in to comedy. I thought he was fantastic in Bernie from 2011, where he played an undertaker in a small Texas town based on true events. Bernie took place and was shot not far from me and features uh, real townspeople from East Texas in the film. 
I thought it was a brilliant take on a dark comedy and gave Jack Black an opportunity to prove that he can act in a dark comedy role, something I'd like to see more of. He had a very dark role in Bob Roberts. You ever see Bob Roberts? Uh, he was part of uh, Tim Robbins' acting gang. And, uh, and so he's got a part in there that's a significant role near the end. Uh, I did, however, enjoy Black Scene. Uh, by the way, if, if you're about now to mention that movie, I'll feel like an ass. Anyway, I did, however, enjoy Black Scene near the end of High Fidelity, where he catches everyone off guard by seeing Let's Get It On live on stage. Yeah. The look on Cusack's face when he hears Black sing is priceless. <laughs> I like Katrina and the Waves, too, and want to hear Monster Mash. All I get is a visual of the Rankin Bass Halloween film, Mad Mad Monster Party. It's just, it's just called uh, it's just called Mad Monster Party, but yeah. Very good. Yeah. You're thinking it's Mad 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 Monster Party. Actually, it's Mad Monster Party because there's a question mark for some reason in the title of the movie. Uh, it's funny that you bring that up, Ed, because uh, that makes me think of Listening Party, which just came out this week, and we, Mary and I, we listened to a bunch of Halloween songs that I chose. For that spooktacular edition of the uh, listening party. And in fact, Mary and I, well, through my own terrible planning, let's face it, um, we did a very long show. And so I actually had to break it into two parts. So there is a song from Mad Monster Party in my Halloween mix, but it won't be until the next episode, part two of, of, the, of the show. So, so enjoy this episode where i where there's there's 10 halloween songs that i that i chose for for the show and then we'll come back next week with 10 more halloween songs as well as mary and i reading listeners uh comments and uh having a little dialogue about it very nice it is nice uh, so uh yeah i'll let dave be the authority on the music i think he has a rather successful enjoyable podcast based on this knowledge he just plugged <laughs> shamelessly that would have gone right into it. It would have been classy, but no. <laughs> I didn't know. I'm sorry. I just I'm just reacting, reacting in time. Fair enough. We're reading these letters in real time. Exactly. Laurel Robinson. I'm right. just listening to you. I got my sticker. I got my sticker too. <laughs> She's got a golden sticker. She'll She's also got a go golden sticker. Don't get on the boat with him. It gets fucking creepy. Um, <laughs> I just received it in the mail today as we were waiting, waiting, waiting. For the outcome of this presidential election. First, I've heard of it. What? Uh, this sticker is fantastic and helped break up the waiting. <laughs> Thank you, David, uh, for taking the time out of your busy life to prepare these and send them out really above and beyond the call of duty. Uh, I've got nothing. I cut my finger badly <laughs> doing it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, a lot of people, if it's like the video game Call of Duty, uh, hide behind something and you will heal in about 10 seconds. Oh, that's fine. That's good to know. Um, I, I was going to say, as Tom Petty once noted, the way eating is the hardest part. Indeed. He really drags it out in that song, so it's <laughs> right. Um, I've got nothing this week for answers. You have outdone yourselves, and brilliantly, I might add, with the comic strip rock band game. But I do want to second Mick Elliott's comment concerning humorless people. See what I did there? I put the U in humorless Ooh. just to go along with you Aussies, British, and Canadians in the group. Thank we you. We appreciate you for doing that, Laurel, and we'll include the U in the word Laurel for that. Um, That's right. Here in Canada, we spell it A-L-A-R-E-L. You can rarely jolly folks into changing who are not inclined to laughter or to listen to other points of view. Not really. I'm sure we've all tried it uh, and to argue to humor. I did it again. <laughs> and what falls flat? Well, 
On with the waiting game. It's Thursday morning as I write. Maybe we shall have an answer by the time you, Ian, and David record episode 466 or 468 <laughs> or 469. <laughs> Thanks again for a great sticker. Into the ball. Chris Roberts. Oh, what was the last part of that? Do I have to, I have to go myself and look at this? Into the void. Oh, into the void. Chris Roberts writes, Dang, nabbit dragsters, you and your quick wits. I made a list of hilarious band cartoon matchups while the show was running, only to listen to you knock them off one by one. <laughs> uh, never mind. I had a couple of zingers up my sleeve, but uh-oh, here come fellow sneakers to steal my thunder once again. So what am I left with? Andy, Captain, and Tennille? That's good. Yeah, so bad. Earl and the Marmadukes? That's nice. I got nothing. What an embarrassment. <laughs> Disagree. Disagree. Those are small. That's fine. No one else did them. Yeah. That's good. So did we get any uh, letter letters on the email we side? We did. We did. We did. We did tell get letters. More, tell me more. Um, but I shoot. I did some more cartoon thingies. I mean, not cartoon thingies. Uh, some more comic strip band name. Where did I put my piece of paper? I don't know. Oh, no, Dave. Are you okay? I dropped my glasses on the floor. It's a real disaster happening over here, everyone. Well, anyway, I will I'll look for those in a... What did I do with those? Oh. Oh, Dave. I, I just had them. Come on, Dave. Did you steal them, Reese? Here, I'm just going to look. Oh, there it is. I'll just throw my phone on the floor. All right. Okay, I'm back. I found them. I fell on the floor. All right, so here's some names for you. Ready? Okay. Uh, okay, there's a couple of cheaters, but I'm okay yeah. with that. So from the comic strip Ben, uh, Ben E. King, The Remo for Better and for Worse, Donald Ducks Deluxe, um, uh, little, uh, did a little Abner one, Little Abnervous Nervous, The Flying McCoys, Okay, that one just has the name of the McCoys. He did Hang on Sloopy in it, so I just like that one. Right said Fred Bassett. Uh-huh. Zippy the Pinhead Pins. Did we do Heathcliff Richards? Did someone... I don't think so. Okay, I just did it. Heath- Heathcliff Richards. Vinegar Joe Paluka. Um, then a couple of littles. The Little King Crimson and Little Lulu Reed. There we go. There we go, everyone. I, di- I didn't put them on the website because I just I started feeling bad that I was hogging it. So <laughs> I didn't want to take out the way people's uh, uh, possibility they might they might do those ones so or something like them. Sure. I, that's what this is what I was doing at work. Maybe that's why I, um, I was um, I was out of it on a Monday. I spent all day thinking about this stuff. <laughs> so oh yes, two emails. So we got a couple of nice emails, and we got one from Mick Elliott because Mick did write to us at the show but okay. then he sent us an email and i'm just gonna read it. it's very it's very quick but but we'll have the the picture he's referring to on the website so if you want to see what mick is referring to please go to this week's show uh on our on our website sneakydragon.com you'll find you'll find the episode there and you'll find this picture there mick says hi again chaps this guy stands at the front of his yard every year on halloween just a few blocks from where i live it is so much fun watching kids deciding whether or not to take any candy. Awesome commitment, Mick. And he's got a picture of a fellow. And now this picture is taken in in daylight. I imagine it must get darker as the as the as the Halloween night proceeds, and it must get scarier and scarier to approach this person who is kind of doing a Sauron. Is what I think of it as. He's Sauron from Lord of the Rings, and it is terrifying. Okay. Then we had um, Louise wrote to us, and she has a picture as well, which I will 
Once again, put on the website, you'll find it at sneakydragon.com. Louise writes, It's not the macabre masterpiece that haunted Pia and Ian's banister this Halloween, but here's a photo of our through-the-window candy slide made from a PVC pipe, a piece of styrofoam insulation, and a roll of orange duct tape. It was fun sending down treats while remaining warm inside our house. We only got half our usual number of trick-or-treaters, but it was totally worth it to see the kids in their costumes enjoying a spooky good time with their families. Yes, I think that's... I love Halloween, gotta tell you. Thank you, Louise. I will put your picture on the website. I think, you know, I also put a picture of your... Well, of your and Pia. More Pia than you, I think. Uh, yeah, all Pia, not me. All Pia. Pia's really, really clever and fun slide that she, she made with the uh, the skull oh. as, as the uh, the exit point. That's fantastic. So, uh, Mark Dobrovolsky wrote to us as well. And his subject is, Thanks, guys. He says, hey, hey, Dave and Ian. Thank you for the wicked cool sneak and sticker. It arrived yesterday and is already adorning my home office. I appreciate the time and effort you made, Dave, to include a little note with the parcel. You're welcome. And I just want to thank everyone who wrote to say they received their sticker to acknowledge the fact that I, in my OCD nervousness, have been walking around, wringing my hands, hoping these all arrive safely. So I'm glad to hear that everyone's getting them. I I made extra effort to make sure they traveled safely too. I like... I put them into the envelope between two pieces of cardboard, so they're they're like, you know, nothing can destroy them, not even the Canadian Postal Service. Uh, would rather not use it as a bumper sticker. The winters can get harsh here in New Jersey, and the governor is infamous for ordering the roads to be salted even when just snow flurries are forecast. Don't want the road salt to corrode my sticker. It's enough what it does to my car's undercarriage. By the way, I didn't think the sticker was uh, too ginormous. I consider it dragon size as is appropriate for its content. Please continue the good fight to put out a Sneaky Dragon show each week. Hopefully, losing episodes due to recording slash storing issues is a thing of the past. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Gotta go now. I must find out what the next election lawsuit is that Trump's people are filing. (laughs) Mark Dobrovolsky, surrounded by reds in a blue state. Yeah. So you must be near the Jersey Shore. And I guess I could read, I guess I could read uh, Chris's, even though he wrote to us, he also wrote an email to us and said, thanks for the fab sticker, guys. I love it. And double thanks to Dave for the lovely note. Keep on sneaking, Chris. And you're welcome as well, Chris. sneaking in the free world. And I just want to say, uh, you don't have to thank me because this is a thank you from Ian and I for your participation in the question and answer show, because that show depends on our listeners to make it fun and so we appreciate all of your your involvement in our show, not just in this question and answer show, but also you're regularly writing to our comments board, answering the questions of the week and telling us stories. It's all rather great. It's so it's so wonderful to hear from our listeners because you are such wonderful people. And uh, by thanking us, we find that is a that's a huge insult. <laughs> I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go yeah, down that road. You but sh- you know, you listen. There are some some things. Don't be don't be ashamed because. <laughs> That's a detective. That's, that's right. Mind your own business. That's what we got. That's right, nosy. Stop poking around. That's all the questions. That's true. The last guy that poked around, we don't know what happened to him. Yeah, old uh, Pokey Pete. <laughs> well, we know what happened to him. He's really slow. He just hasn't got to where he was going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever seen this Pokey Little Puppy? It is adorable. Oh, I love Pokey it Little Puppy. Wanted, it wanted custard, and it, it never got the custard. <laughs> yes, that's true. Is that the story? I don't think the story is he wanted custard, is it? 
I think so. Pokey little puppy. I think the pokey little puppy wanted custard. Yeah. Okay. Don't you think so? I. It's been a while since I read. Little puppy's uh, motivation. I I don't know. It's been a while since I read that story. I I probably still have it because it was illustrated by. Yes, he did. He wanted custard. uh, Yeah, he wanted uh, chocolate custard for dessert, uh, which would uh, really hurt him. Oh my gosh. Yeah, don't eat that. Uh, Yeah. uh, Oh yeah. Various desserts he wanted. He wanted uh, uh, rice pudding. He wanted chocolate custard, and then in the end, uh, he he wanted some strawberry shortcake, and uh, he did not get it. Yeah, huh. poor pokey little puppy. Aww. Drawn by Gustav Tengren, I believe. You're you're right. It's uh, fully uh, it's Gustav T- Tengren and uh, Janet Sebring Lowry wrote it. Mm. Yeah, Gu- Gustav Tengren was kind of their one of their go-to animal artists. He did the uh, the tawny whatever ta- uh, lion, the scrawny tawny lion, or whatever it's called, and yeah. and we did one with but an elephant. And yeah, he was a go-to. And then there was Tibor Gurgley. I don't know how you pronounce his name really, but that's his, I'm pronouncing it as it looks on the page, who was sort of their go-to for mechanical things. So he did a lot of like truck books. He oh. did a great one about firemen. It's like the most beautiful artwork you've ever seen. Um, yeah. And then there was Mary Petty, who was the little girl artist. So if you wanted like little girls or little boys, yeah, you got Mary Petty to do that. Well, Gustav, uh, you were right. Saggy, baggy elephant, tawny, scrawny lion, shy, uh, little kitten, uh, little bark symbol. And then <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I actually think I've got the name of that last artist I said wrong, actually. Oh. I can't remember her name now. Well, while you're doing that, then yeah. I'll say he was uh, hired to work as one of the chief illustrators on Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Who? Uh, Gustav Tengren? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yes, he's... Uh, he also worked work. on Bambi and Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, a, he was a conceptual artist at Disney. Yeah. 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 So there we go. Pretty cool. Because he was considered such a great animal artist. And yeah, I think I was I think I was getting Mary Hmm Hmm. Anyway, you 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 talk. I, I will talk. Well I'm gonna start uh, wrapping up. Um we will uh, come up with the, the question of the week. Like first of all, uh, how do you like to get up? How do you like to what do you like to wake you? Uh, I can also go with what do you like to do last thing at night? You know, one of those two, I'll double down. How do you like to be woken <laughs> up and how do you like to uh, go to sleep? Uh, and uh, there you are. Um, if you want to, we might uh, we might come up with one more before we're wrapped up here. Uh, but uh, if you want to write to us, here's how you do it. You go to the Sneaky Dragon website, that is sneakydragon.com, and there you will find our episodes. Uh, all of our episodes of every show we've ever done, and every one of them has a message board underneath it. And you can just uh, enter a little uh, thing and just go, hey, this is what I feel. And we'll go, huh, isn't that a thing? <laughs> and then Dave will like, enter a couple things. And then he'll go, I shouldn't enter more things. And then other people enter things. And he'll go, I'll enter another thing. Anyway, SneakyDragon.com. That's number one way. Also go to Facebook and just enter Sneaky Dragon. You can just post something there. You can go to our Tumblr page, SneakyDragon.tumblr.com, or on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. Or if you like doing email, uh, and who doesn't, that would be SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. SneakyD at SneakyDragon.com. <laughs> Love it. You have a third question, or are we good with the two? I think we're good with the two. So, what was your second one? Uh, second one was, "What do you do last thing at night? What's the thing you do?" Oh, okay. To to oh, you made a you made a you made a two sided coin out of that. Question. I made a little bookends here. I like it. I like it. And here is where we do some plugaroos. So, let um, me just say before you plugaroo, okay, go ahead. That the name I was looking for was Eloise Wilkin, not Mary, whatever I said. Because I think shout out to Eloise Wilkin. Yes, she she was the go to. 
big big headed children artist. <laughs> you know how they kind of cute yep. kids. Uh, she, she's all over that. She was all over that. She uh, and I think she was religiously minded because I remember she did a golden book called this called God, hmm. and then she did one on a uh, hymn one as well. Well, as they say, the bigger the head, the closer. <laughs> it's a very common expression. Yep. <laughs> the better the head. The closer to God. Anyway, Whoa. what are your, what are your, What's with that? what, who turned we're, this show into no, what the hell? Show. <laughs> a show by someone we... who has a family. That's you. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. Listen, uh, that's enough. Fred, I don't, I I don't let my daughters listen to this garbage. Dude, dude, I, I need to go. Eat. So uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. We really do appreciate it. You've gotten all the information. Uh, if you what about your plugs? Like, what are your plugs? I'm going to, I'm going to oh, right sorry, now. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. The smooth transition I'm going to do. <laughs> okay. If you feel like uh, supporting us on Patreon, uh, you're welcome to do so. You can go to patreon.com, enter Sneaky Dragon. They'll give you yep. some options of a little something to give every month. Uh, a buck or two or five really helps. Help me pay for all those uh, AirPods can... I bought accidentally. There you are. Uh, you can also go to the Patreon app and just enter Sneaky Dragon as well. That's another way to go about doing that. Um, if you want to uh, purchase some of the books that we do, here are some books that we do. Uh, we have, uh, are doing a series of uh, children's books for Scholastic's graphics line called Sparks. The first one is just called Sparks, exclamation mark. It says, won some awards. It's done well. It's nice. We are proud of it. And we just came out with a, um, a follow-up, which is Sparks Double Dog Dare, uh, which is currently uh, number eight book, kids book, children's kids book in Canada. I have to keep clarifying. Uh, number eight children's uh, kids book, you know, something in Canada. It's a bestseller in Canada. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't want to sell more. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to pick that up, that would be great. I wrote it. David colored it. My friend Nina Matsumoto did the amazing art for it. They're hard mm-hmm. at work on the third one. I've done my bit. I'm done. <laughs> there, they've got work to do. His hands are clean. There you are. I also um, do a comic book called Exorcisters, and the second collection just came out. It is Exorcisters Kick at the Darkness, and that uh, uh, popped out uh, last week in both comic book stores and bookstores, uh, drawn by Giselle Legacy, uh, and she is uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, I do cartoons with my wife, Pia Guerra, in The New Yorker, and we did cartoons for Mad Magazine as well. And you might also want to check out my wife's book. I'm going to plug my wife's book, uh, <laughs> Me, the People which is a collection of her um, political cartoons. She's an amazing political cartoonist mm-hmm. uh, who has appeared in the Washington Post and uh, many other places. And so, hey, why not uh, check that out? I think that is uh, all the pluggeroos we're doing uh, this time around. Cool. And I just want to say to Gavin Pitts, Ben V, and Dale Blindheim, send me your address so I can send you a sticker. Send me your address. So I can send you a sticker. Right now. (laughs) Right now. Okay, I gotta go pee. Bye. Ian is drunk. Did you say Ian is drunk? Yes, I did. Not yet.